Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I just going to sort my arse out. That sorting your arse out? I chose the best time to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in at the start. We'll just go from there. Yeah. I, I already have. <laughs> Welcome in. It is the Coltaholic.com month in review. For February, we're going to look back on the shortest, briefest month of the calendar year. Hopefully you got through a leap day without being proposed to. Uh, I see you, I see you. And also, wow, you were born on February 29th? That's exceptional banter. Thank you for that. I appreciate I, one it. One of my friends is born on February 29th. I bet they tell you that every fucking She year. doesn't, she doesn't actually, but she did celebrate this year uh, for turning six on her actual I'm birthday. Six? She, but she doesn't make a big deal out of the fact that she... Her birthday is the 29th. Good. When, she, when someone goes at, when, at uni, oh, it's, oh, whose birthday is it next for a, a night out? And she'd be like, well, it's mine. But, oh, what day? Well, we either celebrate on the 28th or we celebrate on the 1st. And they're like, oh, you're 29. You're a leap baby. Leap baby, leap um, baby, give me a hand. But yeah, so she's, she turned six years old. But she doesn't like make too big a fuss of it. No, I think she did this year because like her, her friend's like to but she don't think she does as much but they got her like a, a cake with six candles and um, a big badge that says you know the classics all the classics all yeah. the classics well i'm glad you're here the voice of reason it's people season it's fraser porter to my very far left hi tom there you are. pablo's okay he's fine mate thank yeah. you not no thanks to yeah. you yeah you monster Maybe. We'll have a chat tomorrow when yeah. we do Revolution we'll, we'll for see. six hours. We'll see if Pablo's okay. Live reactions with myself and Fraser Porter tomorrow night on the Cultaholic pod, on the Cultaholic YouTube channel. Hey, but look, there is a, a rose between us thorns today in the Cultaholic.com tribal editor-in-chief. It is the one and only Aidan Gibbons. Oh, is, is this a new t-shirt? A new t-shirt, yes. It's got a new t-shirt energy about it. Yes. It's, well, it's mankind, Because I'm a cool guy. It's mankind, but it's got a palace Mr. Socko. Ooh. A palace? Oh, nice! Yeah. That is a cool guy thing to get. Jack and listen to this and go, oh, yes, what a sexual chocolate he is. He is a sexual <laughs> chocolate for doing that. <laughs> nice one. How have we been, gents? I think we've been we've been doing good. February's been a fun fun wrestling month, hasn't it? Mm, well, has it? I say fun. It's been busy, hasn't it? Busy it's boy, been quite a busy busy month. Um, in you've been working kind of nonstop on stuff, haven't you? Yes, I've had a horrible time. 
<laughs> after all the Vince McMahon and stuff, and then you had all the shit with WrestleMania main event, and mm. but we're designing a new website currently, so that'll be coming in some point this year. So busy, busy man. There's a lot going on. I've been watching movies in between. I went to see The Beekeeper. How's the beekeeper? <laughs> awful. It was wonderful. <laughs> we we do like an awful movie. We don't do we? like a shite yeah. movie. Is it like a what well, it says on the tin type movie? Like it's about a beekeeper. No, no. it's got nothing oh. to do with beekeeping. Apart apart from briefly, right? So what it is is Jason Statham is an ex, basically American secret agent. Um, he's part of a group called the Beekeepers, and basically they operate above the world, like the Illuminati, but beekeepers. Oh. Right, yeah. And what happens is his neighbor commit suicide after fraud after like someone nicks all our money and somehow this leads to Jason Statham trying to kill the American president of course it does I mean it's the only natural progression right <laughs> it is the natural what to do in that situation um, it doesn't look like a good film at all no it looks, it looks bad but it was an easy way to spend 90 minutes not as bad as Madam Web did you go and see Madam I Web? I went to see Madam Web so I have I've got a Cineworld unlimited card and in oh, February someone's doing alright <laughs> I know, right? I get to see unlimited cinema for £15 a month. It's worth it. Very well worth it. Um, he's eating beans on toast, but he's got like... I've got that, you know. Um, <laughs> can't afford to eat at the cinema. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. No, I'm not actually... I can't afford to actually see the film. Um, no, I went to see it because they had a free upgrade this month to uh, any premium format. So I decided to go Screen X. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done Screen X either. If you is it where the thingy shakes? No, that's 4DX. Oh, I've right. done that before, and it was a horrible, horrible time. I did that for Gran Turismo. Um, <laughs> I don't recommend it. Um, I want to do it for a really mundane film. You could do... <laughs> I, I mean, like I, something starring Jim Broadbent. Yeah, like, the, yeah. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mrs. Harris? Yeah. Whoa! It's like, <laughs> the smells and the rain. Would you like a cuppa? Oh! <laughs> Splashing <laughs> tea all over you. The 4DX is interesting for some things. Like, I, it was raining and I felt... That or that was like who oh. wants to get wet while in the but cinema? Though? Yeah, it well. wasn't fun in that aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people got banned from the Magic Mike movies. Yeah, yeah. Defenders oh. <laughs> 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 wasn't big, sexy in there. He, he was, was big, sexy. That's why I got banned from the Magic Mike movie. <laughs> uh, but screen, screen X is the one with the walls are also screens. Nice. So it's like you're sitting in a box with screens. You've got to like throw your head in one direction. Peripherals. Oh, so, okay. like, you sit in the middle, quite close to the center. Other people. And it's, no, I was the only one in the screening. Up until five minutes before, where someone booked the fucking seat right next to me. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. Who does that? Did you, Psychopaths. Did you move? Who goes on to the booking? So, I, so I'd actually looked on my way over at the cinema. I looked and was like, I wonder to see if anyone else is booked. Because I've, I've got an empty screen. That was That's incredible. Mm. Even my, you know, nothing can ruin my day. Um, and then, right as I was approaching Cineworld, someone had booked the seat next to me. Uh, eventually, when I got in there, there was like another couple that was sitting like front row watching, which is fucking weird. Front row, what are you doing? Yeah. Like front front row. Front now row, that's yeah. a, that's happened to me before, but because I've I've got the I've got the 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 map wrong for the seating. <laughs> right. And I've right. gone, that's the back. No yeah. wait, no, that's the front. That's the front. Yeah. So they had a couple at the front row and then the I imagine the person that was meant to sit next to me uh, then decided not to because they sat in the row in front of me. So they probably saw me and went, yeah, they oh, had... Fuck it, hell. Well, no, they just had a little bit of social awareness social and awareness. went, yeah, yeah. no, I'm going to sit on my own. Yeah. I don't think it's a case of they didn't want to sit next to no, you. No, it's they the, just wanted to sit on, on their, their own. own. I've had it before where I, I've been like an empty row yeah. and someone's come and sat right next to me. I'm like, mate, that's that's my bag seat. Fuck off. <laughs> but Madam Webb was shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you talk more about the cinema experience than the movie. It's not. It wasn't even so bad. It's good. It was just shit. What a shame. It was I just seen. It oh no, just... I fully went in expecting it to be that. It it deserves yeah. to be shit. Oh really? It's about Uncle Ben's coworker. That's all it is. They kind of make reference at one point. No, slight spoilers. Isn't isn't somebody isn't basically Peter Parker in somebody's tummy? Yeah, so, well, yeah. <laughs> not like, not been eaten, but like yeah. not born yet. Yeah, he's not born yet. So Mary Parker. Mm. And he's, he's Spider-Man's mum. And she's like, what should we call the baby? And every Spider-Man. time... Spider-Man. Every, <laughs> every time, because they can't use the name Peter Parker because of the deal they've got with Marvel. So um, so they keep getting interrupted every time yes. they say the name. So like, baby shower. Oh, what, we're going to call the name? And then like a balloon pops off. And I'm like, oh, my God. Is it like set in modern day? No, it's set in 2003. Okay, right. So it's it's kind of implied that the Peter Parker that's born there is the one that becomes Tom Holland based on the ages. Right. Um, it's not because they don't have the rights. For a second, I thought you meant like when you said Uncle Ben's, I thought the rice, rice. man. <laughs> no, that's Ben's original now. It's Ben's original now. He's not called Uncle Ben anymore. Yeah, because it's called Ben's original. Damn yeah. it. But oh. wrestling. Well, I was just going to very quickly... Massive web of wrestling. I was going to say, let's get into the web of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, before we do that, um, he was only ever on maybe two episodes of this review, but he's very much claimed this yeah, as yeah. his show, and we like to give him a bit of time every day when we do it, uh, to uh, Jack Atkins, a.k.a. Clive Fuck from Hold yeah, and Give, yeah. a.k.a. Jackie Orlando mm-hmm. from the Cultolic Classic One, of, one of the Bromwell boys, Paul Bromwell. Paul Bromwell. Yeah. Not not the Paul Bromwell that interviews people for adfreeshows.com. That does Kurt Angle's podcast. We have no. the real Paul the real Bromwell. Paul Bromwell. real Paul Bromwell. Uh, well, unfortunately. You're Leroy Bromwell. I am that. Leroy Bromwell. Uh, unfortunately, this telegram has been received from the Bermuda Triangle, so it doesn't seem like it's oh, going no. quite well. This is dated February 29th, 2024, so we've not had an update from uh, the fucky one since then. Uh, he says, guess we're having a busy year then. Here was I thinking no major managerial changes would occur at the top of wrestling promotions, nor would any top stars leave, nor would we all potentially get worked by a Hollywood star like a load of 12-year-olds. But here we are. <laughs> After all this, Cody better finish the story because I am sick of the phrase, finish the story. Him and Pharaoh bouncing around like Atreo and Falkor? (laughs) Atreo and Falkor! One for the kids there. Wow! (laughs) Uh, Never ending story. (laughs) Oh, that's what it is. Uh, Jesus Christ. It's all Rika. Uh, he finishes by saying, I pine for the days where we'd write about Doink the Clown wrestling an Indian hull. This is signed Chris. Chris. Just Chris. Just Chris. So thanks, Chris, for writing oh, in. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Hope he's enjoying the British colony of Bermuda. <laughs> and, and I feel like escapes. he's crashed. Oh, he's, he's in the Bermuda Triangle. He's, he's like, fine. he's the Amelia Earhart of our time. So if we don't Aww. hear anything next month, it's because he's dead. It's because he's been, yeah. He's in. A, he's crashed on an island, like lost. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you very much, Jackie Orlando. You can hear him on the reg on the Cold Holic Classic Raw review. Should we able to get he's on the uh, reg on the reg from the bill? <laughs> 
Should we be able to get a Zoom call through to the Bermuda Triangle? So if this is your first one, you're probably confused already. So what happens is we get together at the end of each month and we look back on the stories that rocked and shocked uh, in the wrestling world through the eyes of Cultaholic.com's tribal editor-in-chief, Aidan Gibbons. There he is. There's his face. The uh, uh, big Gibbo. Uh, and then at the end of it, once we finish talking through some of the beefier stories of the of the month, we look at some of the curious stories that took place. The ones that for some reason captured the imagination of frequent flyers of cultaholic.com in the section, the kids love dot dot dot. We'll do that at the very end, though. Uh, we will start with uh, a, 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 one of the darker stories of the month that is continuing on the allegations of Vince McMahon and uh, another Another really, really worrying twist in that story. Yeah, so last month, of course, Vince McMahon resigned as TKO executive chairman. Um, This came after allegations from former duty employee Janelle Grant, who was in a relationship with McMahon, where she's accused him of sex trafficking, sexual assault, and physical and emotional abuse in this 67-page lawsuit. What's come out this month is more around the sort of workplace culture that we had in WWE and all the other just horrible shit that's been going on for the last 40 years, basically. Mm-hmm. A- alleged horrible shit, I should say. Um, but basically, immediately afterwards, what we did here, this was some Vice News, um, now defunct, basically, aren't they? Mm-hmm. they Pretty much, it. yeah. 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 Um, but what it referred to is, back in May 2019, Ashley Mazzaro, a former WWE wrestler, her lawyer released an affidavit following her passing in which Mazzaro alleged she was injected with a paralyzing drug and raped by someone representing them himself as a United States Army doctor. This was while WWE were doing a PR tour at a Kuwait Army base in 2006. So she claimed, um, well, within the affidavit, that top WWE executives, including Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis, they told her not to talk about the incident in order to preserve the company's relationship with the U.S. military. When this was released in May 2019, WWE immediately put out a statement afterwards saying they were never informed about the alleged incident and if they had have been, they would have reported to the base commander um, if they had have been told. But this is where there's a new part of it all, basically. John Laurinaitis' lawyer, Edward Brennan, he told Vice News that WWE management were aware of the allegations. So the lawyer has said... Any allegations that Mr. Laurinaitis helped to cover up an alleged rape allegation is an outright lie. Johnny, like most upper-level management, at some time became aware of the allegations and ensured all proper duty protocols were followed, including privacy for the alleged victim. We object to the use of the term cover-up, as no such plan or plot ever took place, to hide or assist in the alleged rape. That's from Edward Brennan. He was the lawyer of John Laurinaitis. Of course, one of the things we have seen is in this lawsuit that was filed against Vince by Janelle Grant, John Laurinaitis is named as a defendant in that, as is WWE. Laurinaitis is accused of sexual assault. And since then, he's basically declared himself a victim of Vince McMahon's Mm -hmm. as well. So this just sort of continues that trend, basically, of sort of seeing stuff about Vince. Um, what, what we have found out since Vice confirmed that um, NCIS, the Naval Criminal Intelligence Service, they did investigate the allegations, um, open investigation June 2019, that finished January 2020. We don't know what the findings were, and basically you've got to put a request in through the Freedom of Information Act to try and find out, mm-hmm. similar to in the UK. 
Um, this was back in 2022, but something that Paul London said, who was at one point dating Ashley, she claimed that Vince McMahon, well, he claimed that Vince McMahon did harass Ashley while she was under contract. And he basically brought up an incident where it was saying, I do remember specifically many times when she would be crying to me because Vince was propositioning her to fly on the jet with them. Kevin Dunn, Bucktooth Bucky, would be telling her that she has to fly on the jet with them. Every now and then, they'd always put the divas up at like the TV hotel or whatever. He'd be knocking on her door and trying to get her to answer. So the internal reaction to this was actually described as Armageddon. Um, this was from BJ Bethel of SE Scoops. The idea, like well, the by, by a statement like that, is that suggesting like this is going to be something that completely obliterates massive, yeah. the company? Yeah. yeah. So we were all thinking, holy shit. Yeah, this, this felt like the world was going to erupt, really. Yeah. And then basically after this, we've got a woman, um, Cara Pipia. She was claiming to be a friend of Ashley's. Uh, we'll get to a bit more about that. But she went on News Nation and basically revealed that um, Mazzara was allegedly threatened by W executives and that Stephanie McMahon knew about the incident as well. The bad thing with McMahon is, which I think um, might you might go into in the statement here, was how... Stephanie Mann allegedly very much made out that she was on the side of Ashley until they got in the boardroom yeah. where allegedly it was said that she immediately joined her father yeah. and, and the other boards on the other side and told her to allegedly told her to never speak of it. And initially it was heard that it was she was she was told not to talk about it. And then since then, the allegations have come out and said that she was threatened yeah. to not talk yeah. about it, which is a very different way of. Uh, yes, there's, there's layers to that. There's layers to that. Absolutely, there is. So what Pippia said was, um, she is an Ashley, spoke with Vince McMahon many times. Vince had his daughter take his place because she was a female, a woman, and to make Ashley comfortable. And they just played with her. They played with her because everything that Stephanie said made her feel comfortable, safe. As soon as they walked in at this boardroom meeting, Ashley was on her own completely. And she was threatened and there was no compassion. There was no sympathy. There was nothing. Right before she walked into that boardroom, she talked to the locker room doctor. He was aware of everything, and he was actually very sympathetic to her, but he had no pull. He gave her the advice that he could, but that was it. But in terms of Stephanie Mann's reputation, this has damaged it. So Stephanie, of course, is no longer part of WWE. She resigned after Vince forced his way back in, mm -hmm. in January 2023. But the perception amongst talent was very much that Stephanie was forced out by the evil Vince, is what Dave Meltzer said. But this has completely changed the perception in, in that the idea is, how can you defend somebody who was seen in a more positive light, but now they knew about this horrible rape allegation and essentially were part of the team that were threatening Ashley Bizarro, allegedly. Yeah, somebody suddenly might be in, might be allegedly indefensible. Yeah. Um, what we've since had in terms of like Cara Pipia is... Ashley Bizarro's daughter, Alexa, um, she's denied that Cara Pipia is a friend of Ashley's when um, Bizarro passed away. But uh, what Alexa did note is the things my mother faced during her years with WWE were real. And so, yeah, there's a lot to drink in there, and I'll, I'll give you a little break to have a drink. Um, uh, Alexa later stated that speaking to the media about Ashley's situation is against the family's wishes. She added, no one who supports the Masara family, literally all that remaining is me and my grandma, Barbara, would go to the media or news outlets. They know it's against our wishes, her mother's wishes, her mother's, as in Ashley's mother, my grandmother. Alexa then wrote, in that moment, I could have chosen to 
instead acknowledge how frustrating it is to see Kara talk on behalf of my mom and move on with my day. I probably should have. Please do not let what I have said complicate the current situation. And I think that's a really key, really mature approach from Alexa. Yeah. Uh, because when this came out, and obviously we had cited Kara Pipia, as many had, uh, a lot of people suddenly shifted the focus to go, oh, she's a fraud. She's a fraud. You, why aren't you talking about the fact that she's a fraud? So, well, there's a bigger story afoot oh, here sure. than someone getting 15 minutes of fame from misery hunting, which apparently, allegedly, seems to be what's happened. And it is that regardless of the relationship, what went on with Ashley, Bashar, uh, Ashley Massaro, the allegations in, uh, in the written affidavit and in a, a statement as well, um, we, we got the statement, haven't we? Because if not, I kind of know what it says in the statement. There was a statement that was pulled from... Do you remember the um, concussion lawsuit from, 20, from 2020? Yeah. That's what it ended, but yes, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So in amongst that, there was uh, an unreleased statement as well as the one regarding the uh, incident in Kuwait, there was the one where Ashley Massara says that Vince McMahon had been calling her hotel room and asking her to come to his room. And when she de- denied it, this is from an unreleased statement. I think Vice shared this. Vice, yeah. Mm. In the unreleased statement that he was getting her to come, and when she refused after multiple calls, the next day, Vince started writing her segments. So the, to get the full... Uh, quote here I brought the first script Vince wrote for me to the WWE employee in charge of creative at the time Michael Hayes and he said you're not saying this who that wrote this and I told him that Vince did Uh, he said well kid these are the breaks meaning that Vince wanted to end my career and destroy my reputation on my way out he is known for this type of behavior and also did this to redacted upon her departure from WWE in addition, after that night, each time I walked by him, he would make vulgar sexual comments that were clearly designed to make me uncomfortable. Um, that is the the full unreleased statement from uh, Ashley Massar from the, the, what Tom was alluded to there. So there's a bit more about it as well in that in the statement, she alleges that Vince preyed on female talents and also that he just regularly make out with them in the locker room. Yeah, if these of course, these are obviously allegations from an unreleased statement uh, that came uh, from Ashley Massar before her passing. Um and there, uh, so then Alexa has spoken again and reiterated that regardless of, you know, this woman going on TV and pretending to be a bezzy of my mom, that what she went through is absolutely true. Uh, that's where we are with this particular aspect. But more stuff about the culture within WWE uh, has come out since then, hasn't it, Aiden? Yeah, so one of the things we've had is former WWE talent Francine, there was an ACW. Um, then was part of the WWE ACW rebrand, very briefly. But this is just sort of about the culture, but in that at the time she wasn't getting pushed and would, would ever really get a push on TV. So one of the ways to try and get a push for her, she was recommended by another debris higher up to rub oil over her breasts and then go into Vince McMahon's office to try and get his attention, basically sort of like lean forward and show a bit of boob. Yeah. Allegedly, that was uh, what Francine was told to do. Yeah. Um, we've also had Renee Dupree has claimed Jackie Gader's WWE career suffered after she rejected Vince McMahon's advances. Um, and this was basically, Jackie Gader gets married to Charlie Haas. Um, and it was basically when they get back from their honeymoon, Vince McMahon makes a pass at Jackie Gader. She turns him down. And basically a year later, she's gone from the company. Yeah. She just got married, of course. She turned, turned him, him down. down. Allegedly turned him yeah. down. Uh, so th- 
and, and numerous. I mean, Dawn Marie had a quote as well. Um, she said a WWE diva search talent contestant would had also been harassed there. She didn't say who. It, that could potentially be Jack uh, Ashley Massaro again. It could Possibly, potentially yeah. be Jackie Gator again. Yeah. yeah. We don't name who. Paul Roma uh, has, uh, got involved with this one as well. He spoke on News Nation. Uh, he's aware of the allegations against Vince McMahon that are worse uh, than what he has been accused, accused of by Janelle Grant. There are worse So there's probably things. worse things out there. Yeah. Uh, News Nation's Ashley Banfield noted she'd spoken to another former WWE talent in Mario Mancini, who claimed he had heard about an incident even worse than the Janelle Grant allegations in her lawsuit. Roma stated, quote, I really shouldn't right now, but yes, I do know what it is, and it is worse. Just that Mario and I are really surprised. We spoke about it. We're surprised that no one has come forward, but on the flip side, I think they are of an age now that they may be married and have kids, and they don't want to open Pandora's box, and I can't blame them. Yeah. It's scary that there is possibly things out there that are worse than than that 67 page uh, lawsuit with the allegations in it which was as we've mentioned many times in the past horrific to read um, even worse that these are, are possible the things that have possibly happened um, or alleged to have happened it's worrying that there's things that people are saying is worse than that. It's going to rumble on all yeah this really isn't it? It, it could rumble on for a very long time like if not longer. Yeah. There was um, another another older incident, another older allegation that has come back up because what the Janelle Grant thing did, it, uh, for lack of a better term, it woke up a lot of sleeping lions in the sense that it brought the Rita Chatterton conversation back in uh, and uh, numerous other stories came to light. Of course, it meant that Ashley Massaro was back in the conversation uh, with the affidavit that she came from the concussion lawsuit and the unreleased statement from uh, from Vice. Uh, and the Ring Boy scandal uh, came up again. This is from back in the 90s, isn't it? Yes. Again? So back in 1992, Tom Cole, who was a Ring Boy um, in WWE, he claimed that Mel Phillips, who was a Ring announcer, and Terry Garvin, who worked backstage, um, had inappropriate relations with underage boys. Pat Patterson was also accused by Cole of making sexual gestures towards underage boys. At the time, um, Phillips and Garvin were fired. Patterson was fired as well, but brought back later with the agreement of Tom Cole. Um, Tom Cole passed away in 2020. Um, he committed suicide. Basically, what he, the stuff with Pat Patterson and sort of, he always held the allegations were true. And shortly after Pat Patterson's passing, because there was so much love for him, it affected him badly and led to his, well, led to his own death. Um, this has come back up again, though, because Lee Cole, Tom's brother, has always sort of kept campaigning for it and kept trying to just get more stuff out about the Ring Boy scandal. And we've had a new Ring Boy come forward uh, by the name of Sean. They worked for WWE in 1986 and 1987. And they came together with further allegations of inappropriate conduct against Mel Phillips. Um, one of them was how um, Mel Phillips would make sure to put his feet on the young boy's testicles and stuff like that. And... We've also had more on the Terry Garvin side, and Rick Kaniski, the son of um, Gene Kaniski, he basically alleges that Terry Garvin propositioned him on multiple occasions, um, and Garvin repeatedly asked, basically, to give Kaniski a blowjob. Kaniski initially laughs it off, just thinking, oh, it's, it, it's the 80s, it's a different time, <coughs> okay, whatever. Um, but 
Garvin keeps trying. He comes to his hotel room and all this. And Vince McMahon comes into it and that Kaniski complained to McMahon, who then did nothing about it. And Kaniski found himself punished for actually complaining. And when he refused to put anybody over, Vince fired him immediately. These are allegations, of course. It's really keen to point that out. But what yeah. one thing you notice is the more stuff that you read, that a lot of the allegations from different decades all feel quite similar in yeah. tone. Yeah. Uh, and and th- as, as I say, they are allegations until they are no longer allegations, uh, but they all do seem very similar in tone. Uh, across the, the, the WWE today, there has been uh, a lot of reactions uh, from the wrestlers themselves on the main roster. Both Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins gave good responses, uh, saying basically they're horrible and they hope the alle- if the allegations are true that Vince gets what's coming to him in not so many words. Uh, John Cena was a standout. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a response I think anyone expected from uh, someone who you would expect to be very PR conscious. Yeah, I was. It was so John Cena was on Howard Stern. Yeah, and uh, he gave this quote. Yeah, he said, "I don't think it's complicated to talk about. It's complicated to listen to. That's why I don't necessarily put a lot of time and equity into it. There's still a long way to go." I can say this, I'm a big advocate of love and friendship and honesty and communication in the same breath. I'm also a big advocate of accountability. If someone's behavior lies so far outside of your value system that the balance shifts off, I can't operate in a world where this works. That's the end result of being accountable. Right now, I'm going to love the person I love, be their friend. I love you, you have a hill to climb. There is the saying of, you don't know who your friends are until shit hits the fan or your back is against the wall. He then continues by saying, that doesn't make any of what's going on any easier to swallow. Just telling someone you love them, it's a hill to climb and we'll see what happens. That's that. It sounds so cliche and it has to be one day at a time. I've openly said I love the guy. I have a great relationship with the guy and that's that. It's largely my construct of operating with honesty and communication. Those are strong leads to to handling any problem or achievement. The whole thing is super unfortunate and it sucks. It deals with an individual I love and an entity I love. I want everyone to have an experience that I have. Not only do I tell a friend that I love them, but I switch to the entity and say, how can I help? Which, it, it is such a strange response to what's going on and the allegations that have come out. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm very surprised. What, what happened to... I have no comment right now. Yeah, like, don't spend the whole time talking about how you love Vince McMahon when he's been accused of, like, sex trafficking. And they are yeah. allegations, and then that's key to point out, but still, maybe the maybe the wording and the tone is somewhat misplaced, considering the the gravity of the allegations. Yeah, like, it, he almost doesn't really address it, does he? He just sort of goes, I love Vince McMahon. I love him, I'm going to stick by him. It's complicated, it's hard to listen to, but I'm going to... I'm gonna help well not help him but um support him i mean he does say at the end how can i help it's it's offering the support yeah that's that's what i mean it feels like the mentality is he's going through a tough time i'll see what i can do to support him through it um but doesn't actually address the the allegations aside from it's complicated to talk talk about because it's not only janelle grant and all this you still you said vince is under federal investigation for basically allegations going back to rita chatterton yeah Mm -hmm. so there's many alleged victims not just one i i wonder if this is a pr team that has gone this is how you respond to it um like the whole taiwan thing again yeah whether they go look 
take the obviously the innocent until proven guilty approach and stick just show your support but also acknowledge the magnitude of the situation and maybe it's just been misconstrued it just feels a very strange uh way to phrase it all with how much emphasis he puts on the love of vince that's a bit odd like uh, like we've said it's a story that i think will roll on throughout the year we'll keep you posted at cultaholic.com now uh to other matters in february and the ever-changing shape of the main event of wrestlemania 40 what a tumultuous road to WrestleMania we have been on, Aiden Gibbons. Complete mess, hasn't it? It has been a complete mess, <laughs> we, but a hilarious mess. Like we talked about our last month, I think it's when we spent a good half an hour just basically going, what the fuck's been going on here? <laughs> um, where we left off, The Rock versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. That was your main event of WrestleMania 40. I think we teased that at the end of the last month in review that that was what had been set. Yes. Uh, on the first SmackDown in February, Cody has stepped down and said, I'll fight you, but not at WrestleMania. But I know a guy who can. Yeah. And, dun, dun, dun. And the internet. Rocky comes the out. Crowd went, the crowd out in Alabama, the magic city. Okay, <laughs> sure. Went, yay! And everyone else went, no! <laughs> and <laughs> that's how it continued for basically a week. Until you've got WrestleMania's got their WrestleMania. WWE's got their press conference of WrestleMania in Las Vegas. The WrestleMania kickoff. WrestleMania kickoff. So Roman Reigns, The Rock, they all come out. They go, hey, haven't we got a lovely family? Look at that tree. <laughs> Verbatim. Yeah. That's what he, he said. He does say that. He does say that. <laughs> haven't yeah. we got a lovely family? Yeah. Gary Albright on there. It's amazing. That he's part of the other eyes. <laughs> Love it. It's so good that Gary Albright's up there. <laughs> then, so yeah. So during the WrestleMania kickoff, they get the they go to Vegas where the NFL where the Super Bowl is happening. Super, yeah. yeah. And they drew draw a few thousand people to watch uh, a few promos essentially. And we have Seth Rollins out there, Roman Reigns out there with the. The premise being that Cody's about to choose which, which title he'll challenge for at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's, the, that's the premise of why they're yes. out there. Uh, to which Roman then goes, actually, no, I, you've took too long. I will choose, and I choose The Rock. And Cody goes, bullshit. Yeah. So, well, yeah, Roman's like, because it, was it that the, you've taken too long, or was it not just him being like, I've got two people gunning for me. I get to choose because I'm the tribal chief. Well, the wording I remember Roman saying was, no, no, you're taking too long to choose and, and I'm the universal champion, so I'll decide. And was, I choose. Uh, I thought it was, it was like, I choose the rock. Yeah, it, was two. Like, it was like, you've given up your chance. That's what I thought. That's yeah. what it was that he was like, you decided not. You gave your you, you gave it up to someone else. So now you both want this. I'm choosing. Stupid. I choose the rock. But then Cody he comes out and goes, I choose you, Roman Reigns. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, shit. And then he proceeds to insult Roman's family. Uh, well, no, he insults Roman by saying your your grandfathers would be ashamed of you. What a great line by Cody! If your grandfather and his grandfather were here, they'd be ashamed of you. That, like proper, like scolded yeah. dad type. We're ashamed of you. That's what Jim. Oh, it was good. What Jim Ross would call a scolded dog. Scolded dogs all round. And then it was the Rock just goes, "You fucking what?" <laughs> and, and he's faithful I wish all of this was <laughs> verbatim that Aiden gives a look at our lovely family ashamed of you you fucking what because then the rock basically walks up and just bitch slaps him I believe at that point then rock bitch slaps him and then screams get off the metro <laughs> now <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's exactly I'll what kill happened. You. <laughs> just, they're just buzzcocks there as well. <laughs> <laughs> cool. what, but how good, lads? Very it good. was an incredible. So incredible. good. I remember being very confused afterwards. The hoods be like, so what actually Rock, is so Rock's a heel now and it's Cody versus Roman? The amount of swearing as well. Yeah, so much swearing. Cody said bullshit. You had, you had Triple H in the middle there, the heart conditions, Triple H trying to Nick Aldis was there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and Adam Pearce was there in the middle. And the Rock said the word fuck. He did say fuck. On a WWE show. He said I'd slap his I'm gonna slap his teeth out of his fucking mouth. Aye. Is that his words backstage as he walked past it, Triple H? Wild. Like uh, it was, yeah, it was probably the best thing they could have done uh, to build the yeah. the match after the backlash. Um, yeah, I want more more of this, please. So, Aiden, let's let us let us sort this big big ball of wire wool out because I don't know where it begins and ends. What's going on? So, unlike last month, we now have a definitive account basically of what actually the fuck happened. Good. So it all started. Aaron Varble of SE Scoops, he tweeted, I was able to confirm that Rock's original plan was to have a match with Roman. It wasn't the situation we have now. After all, the negative reaction. Rock conceded it should be Cody, Roman versus Cody. That's exactly how he tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) A tag team match at WrestleMania seems to be the direction now with Rock and Roman versus Cody and Seth. Either way, Cody versus Roman is now main event night two of Mania 40. Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer News and Editor, he's put out some wonderful long reports about what exactly happened. The whole shebang. Okay. So, Rock, upon agreeing to join the DKO board of directors on January 3rd, one of the agreements in there was that he would main event WrestleMania 40 against Roman Reigns. That remained the plan up to the Royal Rumble um, and remained the plan afterwards, but... Cody Rhodes is told the day of the Royal Rumble that he's winning the Rumble but not main eventing WrestleMania and it will be Roman versus Rock. Um, and basically instead, Cody will finish the story in the autumn. We'll sort of be like, okay, that's weird. But what would have happened is on the February 2nd episode of SmackDown, the one where Cody steps aside for the Rock, he would have been, he would have come out would have basically gone to choose Roman Reigns and been beaten down by the bloodline mm. and written off basically beyond WrestleMania. Um, that's how he would have got... Rock would have been the big saviour, come down and done done Roman in. Maybe. Fight for Cody's honour. Fight for Cody's honour and the title. Yeah. Um, on the other side of this, Seth Rollins, he was going to wrestle CM Punk at WrestleMania 40. But CM Punk tore his triceps in the Royal Rumble match. And what this meant is... Okay, we're not going to do this beatdown angle now. Cody is needed for WrestleMania. He will challenge Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, and with the input of The Rock and Brian Gewertz, Triple H then books a segment where Cody Rhodes steps aside. What we heard in January was that Cody Rhodes went, this segment will not get the reaction you are hoping for. That's what he told them. Um, WWE fought... Cody endorsing The Rock would avoid the backlash to The Rock versus Roman. And they were all dead happy about it. Because that worked brilliantly when The Rock raised Roman's hand at uh, the Royal Rumble, didn't it? That worked magnificently. The pop was massive for The Rock on that SmackDown. Like, if you just took it on face value of that SmackDown where The Rock returns, eyes up Roman Reigns, and they have the stare down, 
Yeah, it was fucking working. And that's what a lot of people did. They took that on face value yeah. and just went, great reaction. And it was a great reaction. great reaction. The Rock has a Pavlovian response to with wrestling fans. Even as a heel. Even as a heel, once you hear, yes, it gets a massive pop, yeah. regardless. I think maybe now, because he's been on a couple, for a couple of weeks, and now he'll be... I obviously, he did SmackDown on Friday. Whatever he did on Friday, he did on Friday. Uh, and I think now he'll probably get more and more booze, but still a yeah. Pavlovian response nonetheless. It's wild. It's just one thing I want to just jump in quickly. You mentioned the fact that they were going to write him off past WrestleMania. Imagine Cody Rhodes not being on WrestleMania. Be embarrassing. The, the guy that has arguably brought WWE in its hottest period, period is the face of the company aside from not having a championship. The guy that's selling out house shows and is doing fucking baby reveals after the show. The workhorse. 100%. He's, he's Mr. WWE, and they were going to be like, yeah, we'll, we'll just have you. It, it felt very much like have you skip it. a lot of the things CM Punk complained about after he left WWE. Yeah. Mm. And that, like the part-time guys coming in and sort of taking people's spots. I mean, it is The Rock, but it was sort of a bit like, on this occasion, you can't tell a two-year story and then not... Not the payoff. Deliver it on the biggest stage, yeah. especially when a lot of the argument still remains. Cody should have just won last year. Yeah, oh, for that sure. Argument's still there. If if he had lost last year, he needs to win this year. If he didn't, if he'd won last year, this would have been fine. They could have done the Rock versus Roman, yeah. and people yeah. would be would be happy with it. But you can't finish a story in Saudi Arabia. Oh, on, on no. Fastlane. Well, they were talking that in the autumn, so maybe SummerSlam, they were probably thinking they could have. That, yeah. That's surely the summer, Tom. Well, you'd have thought, so, if it's, <laughs> you know, late August, <laughs> September. Yeah, but like you said, otherwise sad. And also, when it comes to doing it in the autumn instead, um, Roman Reigns, uh, if he gets past WrestleMania with the, with, the, with the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, now that the lineage of both belts counts as one, yeah. it's money for both dances, um, it means that past WrestleMania, I think by the time you get to May, he will have beaten Hulk Hogan's longest title reign. Yeah, something, so there's something a school like of thought of people going, maybe they want to get him over the line just so they just so he can go, was it be th- he'd be third or second? He'd be third. He'd be third. He's, he's never beaten Sam Martino, is well, he? Well, you <laughs> say that. You say that, Aiden. We'll be here in 2036. I will have been here 15 years, hopefully. <laughs> Roman still, Roman still champion. champion. Christ on a bike. Uh, yeah, so there was possibly that school of thought with them as well, but just the over overriding, overwhelming love for Cody has seen The Rock change plans. And do you know what? Fair, Fair play. fucks to yeah. The Rock, who went, this is what I want to do. This is part of my deal for coming in. And then he heard the reaction. He felt the movement and went, you know what? I think this is going to tank. And but obviously, I think... There's a sense of self-preservation there as well because he knows if he just sticks to his guns and does it, then... He's, he's going to come out better in the long run, isn't he? I mean, like now he is. Yeah. Absolute, now he's absolutely pivoted this and it's it's going to work so well in his favour, like him turning on the uh, on, on Cody in a subtle way to begin with and then just full-on leaning into it. Like the Cody Crybabies thing was hilarious. Like He's, he's got such a, he's such a powerful Pavlovian response with people. Um, I put out a tweet just a few hours before he did that Cody Crybaby thing. Oh stage. God, I remember because it was it was the they put out the trail from Moana too. So I just quote retweeted. I just put uh, Rock plays Maui, a man who steals something that doesn't belong to him and refuses to give it back despite yeah. massive uproar. 
And then, which is great, because I thought, oh, that's a funny little joke. A few people went, that's what he's done with Cody as well. Like, yeah, that's the joke. Uh, and then if, and then I noticed that the mood changed, because I saw randos just finding it and going, cry, cry about it. I'm like, fucking hell, what? And then it suddenly you realize, oh, Rock has done this thing on Pat McAfee's show. So all these people who think they're being very cool and clever are actually just doing exactly what The Rock wants them to do. Yeah. yeah. Good cry. So... Uh, Roman Reigns will pass you know Hulk Hogan's title reign on the 12th of September, 2024. Oh, really? That's why they wanted the autumn then. They would have done the 13th of September. They would have done yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Survivor Series would have probably been maybe their destination. Uh, he'd pass... Fucking hell. So he... War games for the belt. It still could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's passed Bruno San Martino for the first time right. on January 19th. So that was his first title reign. Passes Hogan on September 12th, 2024. Um, passes Bob Backlund on July 6th, 2026, then passes Bruno again May 3rd, 2028. He'd only be 43 then. Yeah. Bloody he'd be, hell. Well, he'd be 42. He'd be closing in on his 43rd birthday. Not not as old as I, not as, not as old as I thought he was, Roman Reigns. I mean, is there a way that they have Reigns no. drop <laughs> one title and he just keeps one of them? Just yeah. so I think can... the, the problem is the moment that... Because they've, they've merged the belts now, so they yeah. will never do that. Because initially, there was a few schools that thought like that where they go, oh, maybe he'll just drop the one. Because the moment he announces, oh, I'm putting just the one belt on the line, you know he's losing it. Because that was the thing going yeah. into 39. It was sort of, well, will Cody... Because at the time, you had two belts. Yeah. It was, will Cody just challenge for the WWE title? It was like, nope, they're one championship. Yeah. And the moment you... I said, the moment you do the one, then it gives it... But, and they've merged them now, so that's that one belt forever. Yeah. You don't need you don't need to split them now, because you've got the world title. you got the world title, the universal title. Yeah. Fine. That's fine with me. Um, so, all change. And it's looking like, as you've said, a tag match. Uh, is planned for WrestleMania. Tell you that was singles match after the fast lane, but it'd probably be a tag, won't it? They they put out a Super Bowl advert for WrestleMania, and it was very clearly Rock and Roman on one side, Seth yeah. and Cody on the other. Before they've even officially announced <laughs> yeah. anything, and they've just gone, "Oh, look at these." There's four. also been a, a snippet for an advert release where we see the Rock in ring gear for the first time, um, where he's he's jumping and he's. He's moving about, but he's all in shadow, but he's in ring gear. So, like, he is clearly wrestling one of the nights. He's mm. going to collapse like a lovely cooked chicken, isn't he? Mm. I keep seeing there's a there's a meme that does the round, and it's a it's a picture of a, of a lamb shank. Yes, and yeah. it's just yeah. the meat coming off the bone when the rock doesn't tie up. <laughs> like, I hope yeah. not. I hope not. I don't like anyone getting hurt. Uh, Dave Meltzer uh, has talked a little bit about the behind the scenes. I'm on the right bit. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. Um, I've, I've left it now. But oh, have you? Oh, I was just, just <laughs> going to add Meltzer's thing. So um, The Rock obviously changing the plans for Mania, wants to be a heel. Meltzer also noted, there is said to be far more behind the scenes that hasn't come out, but given the timing, can't be talked about right now. Johnson over the weekend said it was best to be out of the Reigns match, put Cody in, which by this point everyone has conceded by. It was Johnson who then pitched the heel turn, and he did pitch the idea of Reigns and Rock versus Rose and Rollins match for night one. So that was his idea. Let's see how it turns out. There's, they've, he's also he's kept his he's kept his options open as Dwayne. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Ross Tweddle did a fab video in which he points out a few little secret little Easter eggs that you might have missed that suggests that this is all a big setup by The Rock. And that's that. If you're watching on the video version on the Patreon, thank you for supporting us. Guns up. You can see the, the, the one of the biggest clues, yeah. which either was just The Rock not knowing what the Bloodline's hand gesture is, which I think is likely. That's fair. I, he's too busy, I know, reading from Maui. Um, 
or as you say, a little hint as yeah, he is, it's he's one in it, not in it for the long haul. It was one that me and Jack discussed on the news, and me and Sam discussed on the news where he, the Rock went. Um, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure you lose at WrestleMania. But the way the camera angle was, it looked like he was pointing at Roman. Um, Not at the crowd and Cody crybabies. He's pointing at Roman. And he talked about how the story is just beginning. I'd like to see a heel rock over the... Three, yeah. Yeah, Reigns loses at WrestleMania. And then the rock's like, you're a Rudy Poo candy ass bitch, dick. Um, and then goes, the bloodline's mine now. Um, we've got our own Roman. His name's Tama. Come on in, son. Whoa, you're swapping out Roman for Tama Tonga! <laughs> no, Roman, wow! Roman, Roman takes some time off. And then <laughs> Solo, Solo and Jimmy are like, well, do we go with the tribal chief or do we go with the high chief? Peter by Via. Well, that's <laughs> the rock. Is the rock not the if high chief now? Is no, that not his no. official title? I don't he is a high chief, isn't he? He's is high he? chief. Yeah, he's, he's got a high chief title. Why the fuck has he got o- that? On the, tie, on the bloodline family tree, right. it, it's the, there was, a, again, more scuttlebutt in the sense that Roman Reigns is just listed as Roman Reigns, I just whereas The Rock is listed as high chief. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's been given the title of high chief in Samoa. Mm. Um, I, I just saw Gary Albright. I went, Christ. You which, couldn't stop looking at Gary Albright. <laughs> which, in Samoan royal rankings, oh. the high chief is... Uh, elder and superior to the tribal so i can see him taking the the bloodline post wrestlemania as a heel um and the brains comes back as the face to beat him next year at wrestlemania a year long mm-hmm. run of because then the, he does the exact same thing as roman where he just fucks off for a couple of months to go film and yeah do whatever he wants he doesn't need to be there every week no nope. he might as well take a break from that as well his career has been rubbish really. <laughs> i think he's meant to star in that um in the, the a24 adaptation of the glaswegian willy wonka factory oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's playing the unknown who lives in the walls <laughs> um, starring the rock as the unknown yeah, he is set to be in a film soon. What is it? Uh, Ma- Maui, t- not Moana. Moana 2. Moana he's, defo, 2. he's defo doing Moana 2. In the Moana live action, but that might have already been filmed. Really? Yeah. They've already got it in the can. Uh, nice. I th- yeah, I think that's in development at the moment. But One the, of them's the, been done. The Moana 2 was meant to be a TV show, but it's now a, uh, a film that's coming out later this year. Yeah. So uh, filmography. Is it going to be in Fast and Furious 19 or whatever we're up to yeah. now? Yeah. I imagine will keep on keeping on with those. Red 1. That's an upcoming Christmas film that's already been filmed. Oh, yeah, that's a Netflix one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So he's not very busy at all. No, he's... Good man, Rocky can work fast lane. He fucking <laughs> He can work oh, fast lane. He ain't fucking working fast lane. <laughs> he's going to be in Benny Safdie's new film. Who's that? A24, the guy who did um, Uncut Gems um, and was in Oppenheimer. He's the, the guy that's like... Oh, yes. Until he's... someone comes along and builds a bigger rock. Uh, um, he's one that builds the hydrogen bomb. He is. Yeah. The H-bomb. So he's the Rock's going to be in an A twenty four Benny Safdie film. Yeah, nice. Is this is this him now entering sort of like his 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 mature years as an actor and trying to do more serious films? I think pretty just much the, the idea that everyone sort of looked at wrestling actors who come from wrestling and was going, Batista's really good, isn't he? Yeah. John took a while, good, and then was gone. Rock just plays himself in every movie. I, I don't know if he will in this. It, right, so he's playing the character of Mark Kerr, the legendary MMA fighter from Mark. the No Holds Barred era of the UFC when they at Ken the peak Shamrock of his career. He struggles with addiction, winning, love, and friendship in the year 2000. He struggles with winning. Yeah. <laughs> so The Rock is going to, one, be an MMA fighter and lose in an A24 produced film. 
The Rock's had a look at the script. Uh, I think, how about I just win, just win and I'm brilliantly popular? <laughs> yeah. Everything else is great, but I think I should win. I should have loads of girlfriends and I should be really popular and cool. Yeah. It's, you think you know, he's unpopular Black Adam worked fine for that. Mm. So let's just keep it... Let's just keep on keeping on. We're just taking pot shots at The Rock now, really. Oh, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, glad he's, I'm glad he's back as I'm long as we're getting the, the match we're, we're getting now. If you're listening, Rock, thank you. Cheers, Rock, for watching. <laughs> Thanks, Dwayne. And listening. Appreciate you, Dwayne. He's probably on a treadmill or something, reading yeah. a script. Uh, let's go to AEW, shall we, gentlemen? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Two big names are bound for All Elite Land. Yeah, so... Tony Khan loves a big announcement. He <laughs> loves them. Loves them. Fucking wanks. And he had a big announcement. <laughs> and he had another one, right? Uh, after he had a cheeky tug. What he did was he came in and he basically went, right, AW Big Business is going to come on March 13th at the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. And he went, oh, well, we know why that's been there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's what it is, is they're recreating the worst kept secret and wrestling storyline. But this time, it's for Mercedes Money. Money, money, money. Yeah, the, money. the clues were there. The name Big Business suggests uh, somebody money related. Uh, on the graphic they had, it said Boston, but Boston was spelt with two dollar signs, mm. which made everybody go, oh, there it is. She's the boss. She's the boss. And then she, they've also just hired uh, one of our best mates. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll get to that. But basically, this has this been going on for... We've been talking about this since last August, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. when she was spotted at All In. Um, basically, coming out of All In, the idea was that eventually, when her ankle wasn't fucked, they would work together. Mm-hmm. But talks then collapsed at the start of December. She then started talks again with WWE. WWE went, no, thank you. We don't want to pay you that much money. And... Basically, by the late December 2023, though, she was there was an agreement between AEW and Mercedes Monet that she would become hashtag All Elite. <laughs> um, and she's been on the payroll since at least January. So at the she's minute, breaking she's that cash in, breaking the cash in, well, do is sitting at home. Then fuck off. Fair play. <laughs> if, if I had to get paid by Anna Pachini to sit at home and do fuck all, I would. Well, you do sometimes when you say the metros are off. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do do work. Get off the metro now! <laughs> I, I can't get on it. That's Go the problem. Home. I can't get on it. Yeah. That's why I'm not at work. <laughs> Adam ringing you going, get on the metro <laughs> now! <laughs> he, he doesn't know where I live. He can't find me. <laughs> no, but I do. <laughs> As Fraser alluded to oh, yes. there, another indicator of Mercedes money coming in and AEW's big plans post-big business, is a new signing behind the scenes. Yes, so behind the scenes, Jen Pepperman, who was basically Mercedes Monet, well, Sasha Banks' personal writer in WWE, big on the SmackDown women's division, had been in WWE since 2017. She was suddenly left WWE and signed with AEW as Vice President of Content Development. This will see her basically work in the creative process alongside Tony Khan and his sort of like little heads of Brian Danielson, Sanjay Dutt, Jerry Lynn, Jimmy Jacobs, Will Washington and others in the creative inner circle. In addition to that, though, what Pettyman will be doing particularly is the personal writer for Mercedes Money. I mean, it's it's a great hire. I mean, that seems to be the general consensus online, isn't it? That this is someone that's got a TV experience. She's an Emmy winner. Um, so it makes sense to bring someone in as an actual writer that's not uh, from the rest. Not, not that she's not from the wrestling world, but someone that's got experience outside of 
the wrestling world. I think you need it. Oh, well, yeah, you do a little bit. Mm. You, need, you need a, you need a, a variety of opinions. Mm. Yeah, you really do. Variety creates the best cake. <laughs> Get your own fucking bake off. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden, you said variety makes the best cake. So what have you got? Well, I've got some spanners. I've got this this ham at the back of the fridge. Paul I've Hollywood got just loving some, you. Some headphones. <laughs> I've got a goat and this this bowl that I found in a ditch on the way in. What it'll be is in Friends when Rachel makes the trifle with beef <laughs> and peas and shit. I'd love to go on Bake Off and make that. <laughs> You'd make a beef trifle. Beef trifle. Corn beef. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lovely bit of corn uh, beef. Resting adjacent. Uh, did you hear that the contract for Bake Off is coming up? Is it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, it called the WWE Network? It was pot- potentially. It's going to potentially Netflix or <laughs> Disney Plus. And they reckon it could fetch $100 million. Hey, get, get Sammy Zane on it. Netflix. Yeah, they want to give. It, they want. They want to pay hundred million dollars to get on the get Bake Off UK on Netflix. Fair folks, get really Sami Zayn yeah. on it immediately. He oh. wants to go on it. He loves it, doesn't he? Does he does love Bake yeah. Off. He's a big fan. Went of Went to see the Bake Off musical last year. How was that? It was a great British Bake Off musical. It was. It was actually much better than it had any right to be. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it is unfortunately closed now because people people just didn't go and see it. So oh, it was. It was just you there. And then a man. Then came a man. Was the <laughs> Entire theater. <laughs> It's the same guy as well. I just, it just follows. Didn't you, see, didn't you see David Tennant? Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I went to the theatre the other night. I went to see Guys and Dolls down in London. And uh, fucking, I'm like, I saw, I saw a guy at the bar like earlier on in the night during the interview. I was like, oh, it looks like David Tennant. I thought, it's probably not David Tennant. Then as we we're in the, the queue to get out to get our, our bags and stuff in the cloakroom, I was like, that's fucking David Tennant. He walks right past and wow. he's with his family and he, he's with friends. And yeah, stuff. he don't bother Didn't him. bother him. There was a few people that did stop him for a photo and there's a photo that went on Twitter and he looked a little bit drunk. I think he's had a good time at Guys and Dolls. Uh, but I was like, that's fucking David Tennant. Wow. And the day before, me and Rachel had been watching, I watched uh, Bad Samaritan, which is a film that he stars in, and Fright Night, another film that he stars in. And we didn't know he was going to be there, so it was really weird that we were like... Ah, oh, it's like he's following you. Yeah, and then he came and sat next to me at Madam Web, like really strange. And you went, go <laughs> fucking sit over there. <laughs> Fuck off back to Paisley, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this film's shit. Let's, all, yeah. let's go it's somewhere else. <laughs> um, no, David Tennant's an icon. icon. Ah, he's brilliant. What a lovely guy. Um, do they put the belt on Monet immediately? No. No? Very quickly, but not immediately. Yeah. Because that's that's to be you, you one one of those you build the, the division around. Well, it, it certainly looks like she's going to win the New Japan Strong Women's Title from yeah. Julia, because mm. um, Julia's of course going to join Rossi Yagawa's promotion, then eventually WWE. Um, that belt was basically created for Mercedes Monet, and that's why she got her injury initially. So Willow Nightingale got the belt. So I think she'll win that. Be like New Japan on the side. Be there a double enough for us, why not? It's a shame that the way the dates line up. She can't debut at Revolution because it would be so impactful to have her come out at the end and challenge Sting. <laughs> Sting, yeah. <laughs> challenge Sting. Do you think part of it is the, is the no the big thing is Sting's? I think I think that. the last bit the last bit that we watch at Revolution tonight should be Sting saying farewell. I yeah. do think though at um, Boston's what big business. Um, it will be Tony Storm that she comes out and challenges. That'll get Tony immediately booed again as a heel if you've got Mercedes going up against her. Um, will it, though? Oh, yeah. It'll be a great feud either way. Mercedes is going to get cheered massively, and it'll make Tony even more of a not Not more but of a I heel. Think, but I think they've put so much stock into Timeless Tony Storm. I honestly think 
that if they put in like as as talented as, the, as she uh-huh. is, if they put like this new kid on the block in Mercedes Money immediately into a program with Tony Storm, I think that the crowd will be behind Tony. Oh, I don't know. It's Mercedes though, but it's Tony Storm, and she's and she's built this fantastic character. The crowd, are, the, the AEW audience, are really invested in. They are, yeah. I and just... I feel like it would be a shame just to have a lose the belt. I mean, she wouldn't be losing it until double nothing. No. So that's two months away. Yeah. Um, or Dynasty, if that's a new pay-per-view that we're going to get. I'd be fascinated um, to hear the crowd reaction to that. Because I know you say, like, they'll be... I think, the, I, especially in Boston, oh. they're going to be way behind Mercedes. Oh, in Boston. Oh, no, no, sorry. In Boston, yes. Like... In Boston, big cheers for big business. Uh, but I mean, when we first have a Storm Monet match, I think by that point. Oh, the match, I think, like most AEW matches, I think will be split. Yeah. Like the crowd will be split. But I think people will be more behind Mercedes because in they've Boston, not seen yeah. her. No, just in general, yeah. uh, compared to Tony. Tony can turn up the heel, whereas Mercedes, you have to have her face immediately. What do you think, Aiden? She'll be a face or a heel? Baby face. Baby face. And then heel by the end of the year. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And she'll wrestle somebody. And along the way. It's not the only... The other person that's joining. Yeah. He's super said he's going to wrestle. Yeah, speaking of money, you can cash some Rainmaker dollars. Speaking of money, it's like, coin. It's like dollary dues. Yeah. <laughs> um, not real money. Not real money. <laughs> not real money. But somebody who will be making some real big money and a big bag of cash is like, Kazuchika Okada. Mm. So he's just finished up with New Japan. I'll, I'll mention this now. What an amazing way for him to wrap up with New Japan. Put nobody over... Dis, great, great, <laughs> like beat, beat fucking everybody. Just go right, see you all later. Go, right. go out on your back. No, go out on your front. Yeah, and it, and it was <laughs> like flopping like a fish. All the way to the end. It's like, it's like he beat Tanahashi and I sort of thought that's fun. He's going to do two more dates at New Bingham and Sapporo. Surely he'll put one of like the the new guys they want to put over like Yotsuji. is the one that you would immediately expect him to put over. He's, he's handsome, charismatic, can wrestle. Lovely spear. It could be the next. Bron Breaker. He could be the next big guy for New Japan. Yeah, like, he arguably like, is. should, yeah, like, should be. But nah, Okada went, now I'm going to do two tags. And I'm going to beat United Empire twice. Bless great Okada. He was stood there on day one, holding up his, um, his little belt he's got, the King of Pro Wrestling title. Okada could not give a shit. <laughs> he's just looking at him going like, fuck off. Why yeah. are you here? And then on his <laughs> way out, he... Did a little bit with him and Naito, and Naito was like, that, hey, was nice. like, that was nice, but you think Okada could just lose? And he's just like, nah. Hell no. He's going, fuck no, I'm off. Um, I'm never since, coming back. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's now since said, I think it was that I'm going to wrestle like I'm never coming back here. So that indicates to me he's just like, nah, fuck no. I'm not, I'm, they're never going to be able to pay me what, <laughs> what he's worth. He can't get it, can he? So, no. But the whole thing is, contract ended at the end of January, extended it until end of February. But him and... WWE and AEW, they were all in talks together, having a nice, lovely time. The offer from WWE was, we're going to offer you less money than AEW, but we can offer you WrestleMania. A WrestleMania moment. And sort of like a nicer schedule, maybe? And they go, hey, we're just with the yeah. easier style. Mm. But Okada, of course, is very close with the Young Bucks, stretching back to his days in TNA. Um, and he's getting more money. And basically, he's chosen AEW. And as of today, the rumors are is that he's expected to debut on the March 13th Dynamite. Not March 13th. March 6th. March 6th mm. So like, this, like in three days' time at this time. This goes mm. out on Sunday, right? Sunday, Tom? indeed. So sir. in three days' time, three days, the post-revolution Dynamite, which we'll no, like, no, no doubt see Will Ospreay will have a new logo, a new set, mm. a new everything, and possibly Okada. It'll mm. make it rain. Ooh. Do you think and, ru- have- and ruin the new set. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Total just flooded. <laughs> we'll get some uh, dollars falling from the sky. Yeah, why not? Yeah. What would his music be, though? Well, they won't use this. They, I think new this Japan will be one, one someone who gets a new theme. Yeah, so Mikey Ruckus will do something magic with it. Just, just go so mad and give him, like... Something classical or something very released by Beethoven. Do you yeah, no, do you do no you completely reason. revamp it? Do you keep the coin drop? No, they go, I went down to the river to pray. <laughs> talking about those good old days. They just do do pull something from like yeah. Do you know what WWF did in the nineties and just give him the Orient Express music? Just, that was, yeah. <laughs> just classic move from the WWF. Anytime anybody wrestled from Japan, it was just let where's, 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 quick, hand me that cassette of the Orient Express music. Let's put that in. Like classic. I think there's an opportunity to really to you don't want to mess too much with the formula of Okada. Because it right? works. Because it works, making it rain and all that. But I think there's an opportunity to to make some some shiny new memorable music. I think Mikey Ruckus is the right guy to have a go at it. Yeah. I think what you should do is just, yeah, change up his look ever so slightly. Make him wear, like, chinos. Um, <laughs> a red jumper with a big Maybe a, big ma- maybe a mask over his eyes. A big U on his... Yeah. On his ah, jumper. See, I was going green um, on it. You're going then, chase you. Get him on the chase you as a member of the AW branch. They're a different competing. Mr. Mr. Chase, welcome our newest member. Yeah. <laughs> Kaz. Yeah. yeah, Kaz. It's not Frankie Kazarian. No. So, what? They all go, Frankie Kazarian? <laughs> no, not Frankie Oh, that's a shame. Oh, oh, anyway, hi, Kaz. You're all right. Don't, don't just call him Ock. <laughs> Ock? Ock's here. A dackle. A dark. <laughs> In the chat. I think I don't know which chat it was in for work. Someone shared the clip of uh, it was Okato, aka Okada, yeah. and TNA versus Rob, Rob Terry. Terry. Yeah. So Terry batters him, <laughs> yeah. and then Terry walks up the ramp, looking back at Kazuchika Okada, and nods as if to go, "He's this, good, that kid. This kid's good. <laughs> yeah. This kid's good. He's gonna be all right." <laughs> <laughs> Rob Terry. Hey, Rob Terry is one of Wales's best exports in the world of wrestling. <laughs> it's him or Mason Ryan or Mark Andrews. Oh, Flash Morgan Webster too. He's probably number yeah, one. Yeah, well, way to bury the entire Southwest subculture. Yeah. <laughs> Have you... Rob Terry. I'm sorry, Rob but Rob Terry, Terry is, a, is a beast. <laughs> he was a big boy. He has marked... He's a beast with the least. Has subculture beat Okada? Rob Terry has. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that then, why isn't Tony Khan throwing down the... Gauntlet. Throw down the Welsh pounds. Because it's not fair to the rest of the roster. <laughs> to bring in Rob Terry. Okada would run away. You know? And plus, if they do bring in Rob Terry, it'll be very confusing when he when he's in the middle of a feud between AEW and CM. Is he yeah. alive? That, well, I, I, it's Rob Terry. Oh, red. fuck off. That was a brilliant joke. And you uh, oh, you sandbagged it. Yeah. I wasn't listening to you, to be honest. Tom. Rob Terry, oh. 43 <laughs> years old, still young. Get it. You know. What they need to do, right, is purposely is bring him in for a squash match so Okada can get his win back. <laughs> yep. What, what, what is Okada he... wants his win. The only reason he's left is because he's making his way slowly like... to Wales to get his win back <laughs> over Rob Terry. Like, I'll have you, Rob Terry. Uh, he, <laughs> like he, tugboat. He wrestled in Wrestle 1 in Japan where Great Muta compared Terry to a young Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> um, he has wrestled on the independent scene. Um, he was wrestled for Britannia Wrestling Promotions. Right. Sounds, like, sounds um, like a Brian Dixon job. And then wrestled TJ Rage in Inverness, Highland, Scotland, UK, on the 12th of December, 2020. Watched on by four and twenty versions. <laughs> um, he retired. Oh, he retired in 2019. Oh. Otherwise, oh, everyone who retires in wrestling, he'd have had an all elite graphic by now for sure. That's, that's the new 420, isn't it? It's just four people and 20 virgins. Yeah, <laughs> he's now a bodybuilder. 
Is he? Of course he yeah. is. Yeah. And he was featured in Generation Iron, Natty for Life, Natural for Life, a, a documentary series about bodybuilders who are all natural. Oh, is he on Twitter? Um, I don't know, but... I'm glad that the Okada <laughs> section is us talking about it's Rob quite Terry. <laughs> quite natural, yeah. The it's natural good. Rob Terry. Yeah, it's naturally... Tim something. and Dustin Rhodes thinking for the naturals. <laughs> That's what it would be. Okada comes in, right? If you have Dustin Rhodes for six months, Dustin Rhodes is down and out, bleeding, covered in blood. He just needs a hero. And that hero can be Rob, Rob Terry. Terry. No, I thought it was just, I thought it was Okada beats up Dustin every week for six months. And Dustin goes, What do you want from me? And Okada goes, Get me Rob <laughs> Terry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bring watching. him to me. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'm coming for you, Rob <laughs> Terry. But legitimately, he could join best friends. There he is. There's the big boy. Oh, there he is. Oh, that, my God. He's, he looks like a, that looks like an AI drawing. It does a That looks bit. like AI. That's a real human being. He says being. it's official. Bulking season's in full effect. He doesn't need to bulk anymore. No, no, no. Stop bulking. <laughs> take, yeah, reduce. Reduce. <laughs> When's reduction season? Have, have a bag of chips, Robert. We're going to put you in a pan and reduce you. My God, he's yeah. a big boy. Big boy. Oh, I he's know. married now. He is married. He's got kids. Good, <laughs> good. Married Okada's ex-wife. <laughs> 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 I'm taking everything from you, Okada. Good for Rob Terry. Good, good. for Rob Terry. Well, yeah, he wrestled as the freak, didn't he, in TNA? The freak, and, Rob and, Terry. And, and he was a former, a former TNA global champion. Damn right he was. He, he was the freak in the menagerie. On, yeah. the, yeah. on Rob Terry's name. <laughs> Feud with Orlando Jordan. The original uh, client of Mr. Robert Stone. Um, oh, he, he was the original Von Wagner. He yeah, was the original it, Come Tuesday. If AEW do what NXT will surely come call. They will come call. Right. Put the call Okada's in. Oh, so, so Okada. <laughs> um, Fiverr went on to say no date has been set, but we know that's a lie. He's coming in. So we're getting Okada. Now, what do we see as the trajectory for Okada? See, this is this is the weird thing. AEW is full of stars. Mm. It looks like the well, in reality, the world title picture will be planned out for the year. Yeah. So. By what we've been hearing lately, maybe nothing's planned. Maybe out. not. No. But one thing about AEW bookings that's for sure is that nothing <laughs> is, sure. is that no one fucking gets. No, up. it is. It, <laughs> it is for sure. I feel like the world title scene is fairly uh, planned out quite quite well. Um, for Okada though, international title. I think you need to get a belt on him as soon as possible. Yeah, <laughs> and but like having if Strong wins at Revolution, which I think he will. Maybe you have Okada take it off strong, but because you, you've got Osprey in the mix as well, though, haven't you? There's a lot of fucking wrestlers you've got to try and put. There's over. a lot in there. There's a lot of people to like, pack in. Personally, I think if Kenny Omega wasn't fucked, a really good idea would be to put Kenny and Okada together against the Young Bucks. Yeah, but Kenny's fucked, so you could do Omega. Uh, sorry, Os Osprey and Okada as a team. Yeah, as as their former chaos members, I know he's the United Empire now, but and they can they can go have a mad tag team. Yeah, yeah. I, is it too small for them though? Like, is a tag team should they be treated as single stars? Yes. Could they be in a faction together though? Maybe. Maybe. Um, the Don Callis family. Oh God, no. <laughs> um, I think yeah, yeah. Os Osprey versus Okada, I think, is what we'll see at Wembley if we're not getting Osprey in a world title match against Swerve. Yeah. Because you run that back and you go, hey, this is, you guys watched this in New Japan, but now they're both signed here. It's just, do you want to have a really good match? Yeah. I think if you give Okada, if you do put the AEW title at some point on Okada, maybe you have that headline, AEW's first show in Japan. 
a piece of piss that piece is. Of piss, that easy money that you have Mithil Takeshita or something as well Get, have, yeah. have Osprey pissed off that Okada's coming in to steal his thunder been like he'd be a baby face though he would be I thought they might just surprise us on the night of revolution and they might just have Osprey come out for a mystery opponent and the opponent's Okada yeah. And then just, oh, surprise, Osprey Okada. <laughs> you bastards. A really good, I need a piss. <laughs> a really good shout probably not Moxley. Like, we mentioned this last month, yeah. but the idea that at the minute Moxley's in a tag feud of FTR, that, that'll end at Revolution, I think. Yeah. Do Moxley, Okada leading into double or nothing, or this April pay-per-view that's rumoured at the minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dynasty, as they're calling it. Yeah. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From some hellos in AEW to a massive goodbye in TNA. Very sudden announcement just days into February that Anthem Sports and Entertainment, the parent company of TNA, uh, have relieved TNA president Scott Demore of his duties and been replaced by uh, Anthem's, uh, is he CEO? Anthony Cicione? So he's just, yeah. he's got some role as an executive, but now he's the president of TNA? It's just like that. How uh, do you say it? Anthony Cicione? I've been saying Cicione. We'll, we'll leave it at that. That sounds like a good plan. We'll call him Big Ant. Mm. They stated uh, the change was done to further integrate TNA Wrestling into Anthem's Entertainment Group, of which Cicione is president. That's better. Uh, leveraging the entire company's resources to add more value, including production, distribution, marketing, viewership, customer acquisition, digital revenue streams, ad sales, sponsorships, digital tech operations, and much more. Um this ends a real a real great legacy of the the leader of what is now TNA, doesn't it? Completely strange timing as well. I mean, mm. TNA has just come back. Scott DeBoer is front and center of the rebrand and Hard to Kill at the beginning. And he's basically helped rejuvenate the brand since he came back in 2017. TNA is like, we talk about this a lot, but TNA is sort of like the biggest secret in wrestling. Yeah. It's on every week. It's always good. And... It's just on a small channel in the US and over here it's hard to watch. I think it's on the zone. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. a bit harder. Uh, I've got pronunciation for you. Oh, excellent. Shoshone. 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 It's wow. Italian. So it's like it's like Sir Sharon and but so, Shoshone. 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 Anthony Shoshone. Shoshone. We got there. Like Shivoni. Oh. I've been saying Sissione for weeks. <laughs> 
<laughs> you pleb. I, I am a pleb. I've been saying six, Sikioni or something. <laughs> Shoshone. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony. So, Big, uh, Tony Shoshone. <laughs> Tony, just Tony, Tony. Yeah. See, if, if he wins them over, that could be the nice chant, can't it? Um, that's, so, so tell us a little bit more about the uh, about the departure of yeah. our mate. So the integration thing was corporate speak for what actually happened behind the scenes. So what you had as Scott DeBoer was president. Ed Nordholm, who was the president uh, before Scott, he was working alongside him. Uh, he's basically like the sort of like go between between TNA and Anthem. Mm. And Scott DeBoer, what he wanted to do was expand TNA in 2024. One of the things we've heard is go live in 2025. So he wanted to do a live show, um, TNA Impact Live every week. He wanted big money on, not big money, but like bigger than what they'd been spending. He wanted to basically go, right, TNA is back. Let's fucking go for it, basically. Mm. And Anthem went, no, we're not committing more money <laughs> than this. Um, and th- there was a conflict there. Scott DeBoer wanted to really push it and really give it a go. Um, Anthem didn't want to spend more money. This all effectively led to... It's Len Asper who was the head of Anthem. He decided that he was going to fire Scott DeBoer before Hard to Kill, but sort of just leave him in the role for a month or so afterwards for whatever reason. Scott DeBoer, knowing he's on his way out, he offers to buy TNA from Anthem for $10 million dollars. Anthem turned it down straight away. Is that a decent amount of money for TNA? So I thought it was, but what Adam it's also pointed, in their debts. But what Adam pointed out is they're making a shitload even just off YouTube. So how yeah. much are they making off everything else? Yeah. Mm. And the idea that ten million is probably quite a small sum. Like it's almost laughable for them to be like No. <laughs> like it's also really, let's be honest, it's also Anthem's only real cash cow. Um, on the TV show, on definitely. The TV, well, yeah. On the TV front, it's at least. Because they own quite a bit, don't they? Anthem. They've got like PFL or something. They've got, they've got an MMA promotion. Anthem. And they've got a lot of TV shows, but TNA is the biggest show on Access The biggest TV. show on their TV network, rather. Yeah. And, yeah. Anthem and, Entertainment? And I imagine, yeah, and they would get a sizable cut, if not all of the cut, uh, for as long as they own it. That's it. Anthem Entertainment Group. What do they? I know they've got James. So one of the things with the integration, though, is you're going to have Eric Young and Frankie Kazarian, Josh Alexander. They're going to pop up on other Anthem programming. I know uh, Eric Young is doing a show, I believe, to do with vinyl. Yeah, vinyl records, like collecting vinyl, and he's gonna and he's going around the world uh, looking at like collecting vinyl stuff, which I think is a really uh, interesting program. For Eric Young, he's passionate yeah. about his vinyl. Love his uh, vinyl. He does love his vinyl. And it's not a bad thing to integrate them. Obviously, for them, it gives them more uh, it gives them more exposure outside of a wrestling ring. And for Anthem, it, it utilizes their biggest product on Axis to boost other programs too. I'm surprised they weren't doing more of that anyway. The vibe that I've got, the more that this story's rumbled on, is that Scott Damore ran TNA... And it just happened that Anthem owned it, whereas Anthem kind of wanted more control and say and authority, Jackie Weaver, over TNA, whereas Scott was just, no, I, it's mine, and we're going to hire Punk, and we're going to hire Osprey, and I want a million pounds to do that, and thanks. Because that was part of the issue, wasn't it, in the idea that Scott DeWall was the face of TNA. Mm. He became and Mr. TNA. Yeah, he was, he was Mr. TNA and Anthem, maybe thought, we'll make this a bit more Anthem-y. Mm. Yeah, put the owls back on the turnbuckle. Yeah, <laughs> get them back. Bring get, back get, the owls. Get a real owl, baby. Who knows? <laughs> Use real owls as turnbuckle pants. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine an owl. Owls in the arena. 
Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, God, they're just slagging off the product all the time. <laughs> Here's Kevin Knight. Who? Don't be a dick. He's brilliant. I heard someone in the office actually is possessed by an owl. <laughs> oh, really? Which which staff member would that be? I'm not quite sure, <laughs> Tom. Um, any which idea? staff member would that be? Aiden turns his head 360 degrees. <laughs> just all the way around. <laughs> I'll play. I'll play. Who? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's Tom. <laughs> I think it's Tom. News. But yeah, so what happened from all of this all of this bollocks basically is TNA talent were really not very fucking happy. Not at no. all. Um there, there was a talent meeting on Zoom. Um like about twenty minutes after about twenty minutes after the war. They this is what caused issues. They said he had left and they were all like no, he fucking hasn't. Right, no, has he? Yeah, you've, you've just fired you've him. You fired the man. Um, it caused a lot of unhappiness. There was talk of on the call that if talent wanted to be released, that was a conversation that could be had. No releases have taken place, really. There was one talent who was considering leaving, a top name in TNA. Don't know who it was. But they ultimately decided that they wouldn't. Um, what has happened since is TNA's had their no surrender taping in West Wago, Louisiana. That was at the end of February. And basically the talent meeting, Len Asper was their head of Anthem, all this sort of stuff. Anthony Ciccioni, whatever you say it, I forgot. Ciccioni. Yeah, that's how you say it. Um, they basically went, blah, blah, blah. And the takeaway was <laughs> nobody wanted the roster to abandon the hard work they've done as a group, even if they don't agree with the decision to replace the ball. That was some FIFA select. Um, and basically it's been reiterated that from the meeting is several wrestlers don't agree with DeBoer's firing but the meeting has left them excited about whatever the future is going to be they also just before No Surrender came out came on TV the whole roster came onto the ramp led by Eric Young Yeah, and Eric delivered a sort of a rallying speech for the roster and to the fans to say like you know Changes happen, people come, people go, uh, but we will carry on. There's no surrender. We'll carry on, carry on. And the crowd seemed a bit confused by this, but I, I think it was a nice gesture. I think to the great, I think I don't think it was necessarily for the. I think they knew what they were doing. It wasn't for the crowd in the venue that night. This yeah. was more something for the world to see. Yeah. The roster united, not divided, and moving forward regardless. And there was a strongly worded letter that was written to Anthem I as well. I forgot about the letter. Yeah, there was that a letter. was even more the frustration. There was an open letter to Anthem by the talent where they said, we're upset with your decision to get rid of Scott Damore and we want some reassurance in the direction of this company if you feel that Scott Damore isn't right for us. And that was what led to the talent meeting on the Saturday in which they... Uh, by all accounts, it seems like a lot of concerns were assuaged and there was some excitement coming out of it going forward. I think a lot of them are willing to see what's going to happen now as opposed to wanting to leave the sort of look at it and go and... Because they'll only be signed for so long, but it'll still be sort of, you have to prove to us, but yeah. we'll, we'll stick with you for our contracts, basically. They, they will take it from there, like you do in the business. There was an interesting little bit of business regarding Josh Alexander... Yeah, so, I mean, one of Impact's top stars, um, longest reigning TNA world champion in the history of the promotion. He signed a two-year deal two years ago. Mm. So his contract was basically up. Um, I think he since had it expired on February 14th. Basically, no one noticed is what he said. Um, it just sort of happened. He got in touch and went, my contract's up, like, 
what do you want to do? I'd, I'd quite like it if you let me become a free agent and we can renegotiate. But what Anthem had in there was a one-year, like, basically team extension where they could just action that, extend it for another year. That's what they did. Do you think maybe that's why they didn't realize it had lapsed because they thought, oh, automatically it's been picked up for yeah. a, another year. Like, we shouldn't have to state it should be a guarantee that it's going to continue unless we state otherwise. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was. Um, like a rollover contract with a phone. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. He's reached out going, my contract's off. And they're like, ah, it's, but it's extended. There's no issues there, basically. Josh Alexander's quite happy just to stick with them for the next year. Then we'll see what happens. Mm. The, I, wor- the wording was what got a lot of people talking <laughs> this month. It was the wording where normally they would be like, they announced TNA, re-signs, XYZ. Whereas it was like, TNA has chosen to uh, pick up uh, the extension of the contract of Josh Alexander, which all felt like Josh hasn't had a say in this, lads. And then it all came, and then and then uh, Jay Chung shared uh, that thing quote retweeting, just saying um, Josh didn't resign. TNA extended his contract because because it, it did say resign initially, then it was yeah. deleted quickly mm, and changed because it wasn't strictly true. Yeah, and then obviously Fightful Select reported what you said. Yeah where Josh has gone, I'd quite like to be a free agent. And they went, yeah, okay, fine. We'll keep you for another year. That's not what I said. (laughs) But like you say, things seem fine between the parties. Uh, We will certainly keep an eye on TNA. Hey, also, you sign a contract. You honor it. You honor it. So, like, if he's gone, yeah, I'll put an option year. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't they pick him up when they can keep him? Especially when he's one of your top guys. Exactly. Right. I can I can see TNA's perspective on that one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's do some stuff from WWE. Uh, one guy very close to all of our hearts who is on a tear at the moment. Oh, yeah. But in doing so, there were still some question marks in February over his allegiance to the company WWE. So what he might be is tearing up that contract. <gasps> oh, who are we talking about, Aiden Gibbons? So, so we're talking about <coughs> Drew McIntyre. Hey! The UK's favourite son. He yeah. really is. Scotland's. Nah, fuck that for No, he's doing well, so he's UK. Okay, you didn't yeah. vote to leave the United Kingdom <laughs> in 2016. I was a child. Brief bit of British politics there. But basically, it's been a whole story of the last year is that Drew McIntyre's contract is coming up. It was meant to come up at the end of 2023, but he was injured, brother, brother. So that got pushed now until it expires in April, but after WrestleMania. Mm. He's been on an absolute tear the last ooh, three, four months. Since after, probably since turning o- heel. October-ish yeah. time. He's basically the truth teller while being a bad guy. Everyone mm-hmm. goes, fair enough to you, Drew. Um, <laughs> but he's been on a complete tear. One at Elimination Chamber will be one of the headline matches at WrestleMania challenging Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. And what we found out is that a contract has not been signed. Corner Alex McCarthy of Daily Mail, formerly of TalkSport, they're not actually close to an extension, but various reports and all that have confirmed. They're working under the assumption that they'll be working together beyond April, though. Yeah. And this is the reason for his booking currently. So... What is very much, and what we've also heard is that Drew is very happy with his WD creative and his new heel character. And he's even been advertised for events beyond April. He's advertised for a house show in Bologna on May 1st. I believe he was on the Bash in Berlin poster when that yeah. came out and whenever it came out. So I think it's pretty safe you'll get that extension. Yeah. It'll, it'll be maybe down to the last un- minute. But... Unless something goes very wrong. Yeah. Basically. But it's interesting that they've, I mean, we were talking about it upstairs. That it's looking like he's going to become world champion, but if nothing's signed by WrestleMania, I wonder whether there's that bit of pressure now 
for all parties to make an agreement because this is going to decide where we go from Mania because Seth's going to probably take some time off after Mania. Yeah, he needs surgery, doesn't he? Yeah, he just needs yeah. a good lie down. Bless him, he's knackered. Um, it's either if Drew signs, Drew beats him for the title, Drew has a world title run, brilliant. If Drew's still not signed, that's maybe where you pull the trigger on Damian Priest, cashes in money in the bank, mm-hmm. and you at least have the title. It's not the top pick, but you at least have the title on somebody who is locked into the company. And who... Just give him. Just let's see what he can do. Basically. And you know what? He might surprise us. Yeah. He might surprise us. Because yeah. I thought he should have cashed in like October. Oh Christ! Yeah. yeah. Oh. You, I was. I'd pitch for during War Games, Lots where of he yeah. they get the Judgment Day has a uh, two-on-one advantage, and he just cashes in, and Seth loses the belt during the match and has to finish the match with having lost his belt. It's very cruel to Seth. <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been funny though. It would have been hilarious. <laughs> funny. <laughs> What do you mean? And then Punk walks out at the end and says, like, what the fuck, man, my night's ruined. <laughs> but, well, that was part of the thing as well, and that relations between Drew and WWE have been a bit rocky at points in recent years. Yeah. Drew apparently wasn't happy with how he was used after he lost the WWE title. Um, in that he, he kind of floated for a little while mm-hmm. in reality, but he was a little bit unhappy, very happy now. And he, he stormed out of Survivor Series, if you remember, when Punk returned. Mm. And that wasn't a work brother, brother. It was basically, he was very unhappy about not being included until the last minute about the whole situation. Yeah. It just, I, don't think, I don't think he felt valued. But then nobody was. Like Randy Orton did know, an interview yeah. this, uh, in February as well, where he was basically how it sounds what happened was everybody was just taken to one side just hours before the show going, oh, by the way, Punk's back. Punk's back. Uh, even Orton was like, had any other? If had this had this happened to me ten years before, sure. I'd have I'd have had a very different reaction to, yeah. to how I did. I was very proud of how mature I was. And people who are ten years difference, Drew McIntyre and Randy. Yeah, yeah so so yeah, so true. Drew obviously, and I I can see. I think when we spoke about it at the time, I kind of see it from Drew's perspective in the sense that Drew felt like a, he's a guy who's put the company on his back and carried it through difficult times, and there's a lot of confidence in him. So he was like, well, you didn't feel confident for me to to not keep that a secret. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a slap in my face. Um, but I, I would not be shocked if he does if uh, he sticks around after Mania. Yeah. He needs to get that title win in front of fans. He's not had yeah. it yet, and it's four years overdue. So come on, come on, Drew, bring it home to Scotland. Come not, on. Not Do United it for Kingdom. Kate Middleton. <laughs> <laughs> what she Do does it does for it, your future queen. <laughs> what if she does a run in, and that's where she's <laughs> that's she's, she's just been mean. training and she's been missing. She comes back like yeah. Rob Terry, fucking <laughs> Rob Terry, <laughs> juiced to the gills, just fucking. <laughs> Fucking yeah. clothesline Prince William over the balcony <laughs> like fuck you. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Where the fuck is she? You know? That's um, all I'm saying. Well they just reckon she's had surgery, don't ah, they? But, yeah. but but deep down it's far better the idea that she's just been going off shagging. Something or, more sinister. Or that she's at Willy Wonka's emporium. <laughs> That's what it is. She's at the Willy Wonka experience. She is the unknown. She is the unknown. Yeah. Uh, the kids have loved the Willy Wonka Emporium in Glasgow this week. But on cultaholic.com um, there are certain articles that just randomly grab the attention and, and, and attract the eyes of our readers. So this the, is the section where we look at that. I'm going to suggest that we do it in reverse order for additional oomph. But okay. there was something, though, that kids really loved in February that's not on the list, and that's Pancake Day. 
Pancake Day. And February had some had some great engagement on social media. Thank you for great everyone. engagement. You dickhead. thank you for everyone that that wrote great in. Great engagement on asking what people wanted. Was it great engagement? I'm gonna thank fucking you. find out. Thank you to everyone that wrote in telling us just what you have on your pancakes. I couldn't give a um, shiny shit what I've you got, have on your I've pancakes. I've got some written down here. Have you sure. um, Fraser, so, what did you have on your pancakes? So Derek you from it? Devon. He had okay, he had no. chocolate chips. I hate you. Um. Michael from Scunthorpe. He, Scunthorpe. he had bacon and maple syrup. Aiden Aiden G from, from Newcastle. I believe Aiden G. Um I'm gonna tell Pachiti that you had your hands in petty cash. I'm just gonna um, fucking get you sacked. It was my personal Biscoff tub that's on my desk. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Even with that little ed- addition, I don't care. Um, he, he does. Yeah, that's a shoot, brother. He does have a little personal. He, he does. Bit scoffing on his. Uh, one of the most popular ones was chocolate-filled pancakes with caramelized banana. That's a lot of work, that isn't it? Uh, it? It is a lot of work, but it was a popular one. Come this pancake day, um, some people just have a little bit of lemon. I quite like a bit of lemon and sugar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, look. But it what, depends what type of sugar, though. I know, Deborah. Oh, go fuck it all out. You might as well. Oh, just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I quite like a little bit of powdered sugar. The you know, like sugar? ice and sugar. Cocaine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Tom has in on his pancake. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. let you two complete <laughs> pricks the other get thing, this out of your system. The other thing that kids love is crepes. Crepes. And there's a big difference between pancakes there and is. crepes. See, I had an American pancake. What did you it's the have? the big fluffy boys. Yeah, big fluff. Is it the Japanese pancake? Oh, yeah. Fucking fluffy oh as out there. Oh, my God. They're the just wo- pure fluff. Wobble they're wibble, wibble. Wibble. I've been interested in pancakes. Wibble yeah. wobbles. Yeah. They're Japanese amazing, them. Pancakes. Google them, Tom. Oh, they're beautiful. Proper wobble, um, they are. Like what, jelly. What the, I wonder what the best topping for Japanese Japanese pancake Toppings. It says, it says a bit of biscuit. Oh. <laughs> so it's a souffle <laughs> pancake. Them biscuits get themselves about, you know. <laughs> it's a souffle pancake. That's is it? what it is. It's it looks like amazing. Souffle. Everyone have one now. Have Eat one now. Have pancakes whenever the fuck you want, right. honestly. Ooh, ice, I don't care what you have on it. Ice cream and caramel. That's what they have on it. Great. A bit of salted caramel. Oh, yeah. Great. Lovely bit of that. Whatever. <laughs> Brilliant for him. But other things kid loves. Beyblade. Do you like a savoury pancake? <laughs> nah, I don't like savoury pancake. Like, <laughs> are we? Have we? Have we when, officially? Okay, one final question. Get it out of your system. When was the last time you had pancakes, and what did you have on them, and why? <laughs> and why? <laughs> and why? <laughs> yeah, why did you have and that? Why? Why did you have that? <laughs> I've got red. Look, it looks awful. <laughs> I mean. Uh, okay, well, okay, I had pancakes. When did I have pancakes? Yeah. I had them a week ago. Okay. What I did you have on them? Bacon, because it was breakfast. Bacon? Yeah. What type of bacon? Uh, smoked bacon. Why did you um, choose Why did you choose that for breakfast? Because sweet pancakes can be breakfast, yeah, too. Was just, it back bacon or streaky bacon? It's, it's, it was back bacon. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you do that thing, with what, which I do, is where I eat the edges first, so then there's just a you fluffy are, bit in the middle? Are. Such a piece of shit. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> That's right. a fucking banana, is that? <laughs> you are such a turd. <laughs> Look, Tom. A turd in my, a turd in my bowl. Oh, how Kids. do you eat a cream egg? Oh, yeah. it. Actually, I'm okay. Right now, admittedly, yeah. How do you um, bite the top of it and just suck all the juice That's out? That's what I do. Yeah. Get my tongue right in, like there. a proper yeah. grown up, yeah. like an ant eater. Yeah. Like, a... <laughs> <laughs> like an ant eater. 
I do it like a proper grown-up. That's how you do it. But if you do want good pancakes, stack and still. What genuinely one of the best pancake places I've ever been. Is that the one in Edinburgh? There's one in Edinburgh, there's one Been's in Glasgow, the Edinburgh one, one. In, in London now. Oh. Right, so we're fucking miles away from both of those. Show the fuck up. No, no, no. <laughs> Edinburgh's only about like 90 minutes on the train. Go up yeah. to Edinburgh, go there for a little saunter around the city mm. centre and get yourself some pancakes. I keep meaning just to pop pizza. to Edinburgh for breakfast and back again because I can. Yeah. <laughs> How just... much money do you have? Not enough. <laughs> oh, no, I, no I, I, I train hop. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I'm in the toilets for 90 minutes. Harmonic. I don't know. I'm fucking homeless train, from the, train, homeless yeah. from the 50s on, the, on, a, on a wagon. <laughs> with, all my, with all my stuff in it, in it with, on a stick and a blanket. Alice has kicked out. You're like, fuck, uh, I'm going to breakfast. <laughs> anyway, you guys have taken this way off topic. Yeah. I think it's time to get back. Okay. Um, Aiden, <laughs> fucking turd. Uh, Aiden Gibbons, for your notes, you've written in bold letters, kids love Beyblades. Kids do love Beyblades. Is this a wrestling thing or just a general observation? Just observation. What yeah. do you like on your Beyblade? <laughs> a little bit of biscuit. <laughs> It was because basically <laughs> Beyblades are massive when I was a they child. They were. I think it's smaller get... every year, don't they? They're like they're yeah. like Twixes. It's like any, anything by Cadbury's in it. Do you ever get yeah. Bakugan? Nah. Google go Crazy Bones? Nah. Uh, Beyblades were great. Though. Beyblades were great. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Mad tech decks. Oh, oh no. Nice. Yeah, oh. yeah, Anyone great. have Pog? Pogs? <laughs> no. Nah. Fuck me, I'm old. Nah. Old as the old as the fucking. Is that son. a made up thing like Fraggle Rock? <laughs> You're <funny. laughs> We're going to fall out later. I did see the big and back Fraggle Rock on Disney+. Plus. See, that suggests that it was here once. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It, no, it's back on Fraggle Rock is on, it? on Disney+. Plus. Is it? Fraggle Rock? Is Fraggle? It it's on Apple TV. Oh, right. I thought it's it was Disney+. An, Plus. It's an Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus series. Ah, nice, thank you. Yeah. Right, so wrestling. Okay, so um, we're going to go through some of the weird stories that the, that the readers of coldholic.com have really... Uh, gravitated towards this week, so we'll go in reverse order. So, three, two, one. Kids, Kids love. love WWE carrying out a surprising release. We've all been there. We've all <laughs> had a surprising <laughs> release. You've been holding on. You've been holding on God to that for two hours. Haven't you? Yeah, that was an anticipated release. That one. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give. Yeah, well, I'll give yeah. that. That's good. That. Yeah. Um, and it was Matt Camps lost his job just yeah. quite out of nowhere, basically. Do we know any reason more as to what happened? No, they just that he was fired. Mm. Yeah. There was a, there was a couple of uh, little quiet releases. The Kippy. Yeah, Matt Kippy. Kippy. Yeah, Cap Kevin Patrick was gone. Yeah, because he was rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but he's good at other things. He just wasn't very good on SmackDown. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, he's the same thing. But yeah, but Matt Camp, I uh, hosted the bump. Yep, for, mm-hmm. for years. For years, he did that show. He and was it's... basically the guy you throw on the network to do them random little shows. I, I thought he was a very good host. Yeah, like, yeah, I thought he came across really, really well, and knowledgeable, and was clearly a fan of the product, not just paid to talk about it. And some of the shite they've got on the pre-show, so that has got him on them. Get yeah. rid of more sense, wouldn't they? Yeah, like Ben off Rosenberg, he's shite. Yeah. Get Matt Campbell. They seem to like Pete Rosenberg, don't they? He's and crap. him and Sam Roberts are the two that Sam they seem Roberts to, is not right they seem to yeah. jump to. Um, the Bump's a weird program anyway because they never really acknowledge it on WWE television. It's just there, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah, it's just and supplementary, isn't it? Yeah, but you you know, you 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 thought you might spin like a story of some sort and go, hey, did you see what happened on the Bump? Bloody Drew McIntyre called. Yeah. Carrying cross a dickhead. It ate cheese. They do have some interesting interviews. Play with a Beyblade. (laughs) They do have some interviews that are like, do reference things outside of the company. Like, we've had Cody mention AW on there before. Um, Drew mentioned like real life situations, like his contract and stuff. But it's just, uh, 
I, I, I quite liked it. I never watch it regularly, but... I just never watch it. It, it pops up on Twitter and I'll watch clips. Yeah. Uh, okay. Matt Camp, all the best in your future endeavours. One, two, three. Kids, Kids love, love Chris Jericho taking time off AWTV. <laughs> <laughs> so poor Chris Jericho. And like, I asked him to like him because he's nostalgic, but like, he's become a bit of a meme in the last... A little bit. A couple of months, and the idea that the perception is now is that Jericho is very much just taking a spot on TV in some ways. Um, it's your own opinion, basically, rightly or wrongly. But Jericho was off TV because he was too, he was on tour of Fozzie. He came to Newcastle. He was in the tin. He, he did the Jericho Triangle again, I assume. The Jericho Triangle has now been expanded. Has yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It now takes in Tomahawk Steakhouse so on the key like, side. It's Ooh. more like a, a Jericho rhombus. A, a, a Jericho rhombus. He's <laughs> got his four spots. He's got. Ten feet before and after the Keyside Weatherspoons. Yeah. The Keyside Weatherspoons and now Tomahawk Steakhouse. Tomahawk Steakhouse, which means he has been along the Keyside completely. So that means, and me and Ross work this out, so that means he is, we can also possibly include in the Rhombus, uh, we can include the Premier Inn, we can include yeah. the Slug and Lettuce, Kai Kai, where Harrison Ford at that time. Yes, yeah. and then got bothered. And then yeah. got bothered by people. Um, we can also include Ice Cream for Pizza. Greg's. 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 We, yeah. We've got the Greg's in there. Um, the cat cafe, the cat cafe, cat porcino. Cat porcino. Uh, there is a lovely little coffee shop on the corner that's changed hands a couple of times. Uh -huh. There is the law courts. Yeah, he's been. He's been uh, the <laughs> yes, he ran. He ran past them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's Rio Steakhouse, and then there's Tomahawk Steakhouse. Tomahawk yeah. Steakhouse. I do enjoy. I do like Tomahawk Steakhouse. It's really I've never nice. been. Went for very birthday. Very yeah, you've got to go for special occasion. Birthday. It is, it is pricey. pricey. Alex took me to say we're going to Tomahawk for your birthday on the evening. Walked in. My mum and dad was out there. That's oh, lovely. Oh that yes, lovely. that was lovely. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? Did they pay yeah. the bill? They did actually. Yeah. Good. Very nice. It was. Alex, it, what was, did you have? Uh, I had steak. No, no, I know that, but like, because they've got a whole selection of signs, haven't they? Yeah. So like, oh, I, I, I had the letter. The, you can, no, that's not Christian. That's Miller and Carter. Because when I went, I got definitely the broccoli. Broccoli. That's a re they had a really nice broccoli there. There's no point in getting. No, no, veg. but don't worry. I got the like the the chips dunked in Good. really greasy oh, fat yeah, as well because yeah. I'm not a monster. Oh, yeah. Peppercorn sauce to go with them and mm. just fucking <laughs> <laughs> covered them in seventeen <laughs> pints, <laughs> greasy chips. <laughs> Fucking amazing steak. <laughs> and then a little bit of a bolly make you feel better. And then I do a little bit of bolly, drink the drink the fucking peppercorn sauce that's left. <laughs> you just, leave you still just, chewing. You just <laughs> <laughs> You just swear in the chair <laughs> right Yeah, yeah I'm a little, like, I was like like a king, but like a botulist king. <laughs> right, bring me for me. <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> Henry VIII reincarnated. <laughs> was very Henry VIII. <laughs> Bring me another beef. Um, so yeah, so we can now include Tomahawk Steakhouse in the yes, Jericho Rom the Jericho Rhombus. Rhombus. But yeah, he's back now. Yeah, Raffled yeah. Atlantis Junior, and he's on Revolution. So yeah. he wasn't gone. It was got about what two weeks. His real meat madness was Tomahawk. Yeah, that's yeah. what. That's what. Yeah, it was. That was the real. Meat he's madness. all meated out. You did. You looked into. Because he did the Keyside. Yes. And you looked at the prices because we're like, oh, he's doing a gig nearby. And you yes. looked at the ticket prices. And, and there was such a, 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 a oh, divide yeah, so between regular tickets and the VIP your experience. General admission was £22.60 odd. Um, but your VIP treatment was £275. For the Riverside? Yeah. So that got you in early to watch uh, an exclusive warm-up set from Fozzie. That's just him having a wank. And you got to having meet a wank him. a yeah. <laughs> You got to meet him. You got to watch the warm-up gig uh, and pl they played some songs. But if you wanted to go extra VIP, only one per venue. You get a wank off, Jericho. 
<laughs> for £675, you get to play one of the instruments on stage with Fozzie. <laughs> and play a choice of four songs. Uh, Enemy, which is one of their songs. I do like Enemy. Judas. Yeah, everyone obviously. likes that one. Um, he hasn't got any other songs. Back in Black. Eh, what, the ACDC. And then there was another one. I think it was Don't Stop Believing by journey so right so he's um, so shit right he's got two <laughs> songs that aren't his own. so you no but, tell her i don't mind fuzzy really but yeah but you pay 675 to either be vocals rhythm guitar or um bass what if you can't play the guitar or bass guitar chris i brought a triangle with me <laughs> so, right, so you can play just steel you, drums just yeah. <laughs> You get to do one of those three, and the folk that pay the £275 tickets watch that set. Oh, do they? So they're not even getting a fucking professional. They've got to watch they're some getting idea now. fucking Gaza from down the road. Who's, he's got his chicken in a fish and Aye, bath. He's coming in with his tomahawk steakhouse after seven pints. And just... <laughs> Why have I become? Pay £300. No, I've betrayed. Watch fucking Jericho gargling, yeah. wanking, <laughs> and then playing Journey with Gaza, yeah. who's on the fucking car horn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd argue Two, I'd pay for it. £275. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. And, and not even that, like, the Riverside's a little bit of a dodgy venue, isn't it? A little bit. They've got allegations against them. Somewhere. There were allegations a few years ago. I don't yeah. know what the status is now. I so think they have changed ownership. Oh, okay, fair. it's fair enough. Then. Yeah. yeah. But, um, um, so that's why he's been off of TV, but we couldn't hold him in Newcastle for long. Yeah, the, 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 the angel couldn't hold yeah. out, so he's, he headed back to America. He was all cummed out. <laughs> oh, yes. Well. <laughs> well done to you. Speaking of cum. Three, Kit. Three, <laughs> Sorry, three, two, one. Kids, Kids love. love pirates delaying WWE elimination chamber plans. Now, near, like yes Almost. and no. They, they did delay it, but yeah. it, it was there for the show. But it was meant to get there earlier. Yeah, and so very different from our usual job is I had to do a deep dive into the Israel-Palestine conflict to write this article. <laughs> Standard. And that basically all the, all the shit that's going on over there. Um, you've got the Yemen rebels, the, the Houthis, I hope I'm saying that mm-hmm. correct. They're, they're basically shooting missiles at ships that go down the Suez Canal. So WN, we won't go through there because at the bottom of that, you've got Somalia. And the Somali pirates, of course, you've got like Captain Phillips. They were, they were a big thing of the 2010s, mm-hmm. but it sort of died off a little bit. Um, not literally. Um, they'd sort of died off, but now they're back because there's loads of shit going on. So like, hey, let's go and nick some ships. And uh, the only reason you ended up doing this big deep dive is because Michael Cole was doing the press stuff. Yeah. And it was such a, a, a side comment that he made as he was talking about the chambers. Oh, an impressive structure. Would have got here sooner if it wasn't for pirates. And we all anyway, and like, hang on. Sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> whoa, 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 what? Pirates? Go back to the pirates, Michael. Mention that pirate. <laughs> Whoever was interviewing him, I would have just gone, going to stop you there, Michael. Can you explain a little bit more about the pirates, please? Tell us more about the pirates. <laughs> Hello, and, I'm Kenny McIntosh. And, How and would Kenny McIntosh ask um, him? Michael, uh, you mentioned something about pirates. Um, <laughs> now, you're, you alluded to them delaying Elimination Chamber plans. Is that something that actually happened? <laughs> and how did you, as a company, move past that? Why did Kermit the Frog? No, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. He's not Kermit the Frog. <laughs> it's it's clearly Kenny McIntosh from off of Inside the Ropes yeah. ITR. Okay. It's uh, just really a Scottish accent. Never met the man. Oh, he's, he's lovely. He's a great yeah. bloke. I but thought, he doesn't sound like Kermit the Frog. Right. 
stop saying that, <laughs> you monster. And so, so, so the end of the chamber, whilst it was going to go down the Suez Canal, it went the wrong way around. They basically went. It went like it went backwards. It went. It went <laughs> but you can drive a boat backwards. They reversed <laughs> it. Because <laughs> where did they take it? Because like, they, they took it to LA, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, so it went from it went from Stamford to LA in a, in a then, lorry, an articulated then, lorry. Then they went the way, they went the, the wrong way in that they went. There to Sydney and then Sydney to Perth. Perth. By train. Yes. So I was on the back as it pulled into yeah. Perth. But I was thinking, did they cross the National Day at Line? Probably mm. went back in time. Yeah, like did, did they go it back? It arrived an hour before it left. So that's usually where you go, they go the other way, so you don't just No, because it no, because he, t- he said it took weeks to get there. Yeah. So they wouldn't have been yeah, it would have they wouldn't but, I don't think it would have crossed the would it well they would have if they've gone from LA. LA to Sydney. Sydney. They would have Look gone. where the Dateline is. Well, Dateline's like. Oh, okay. I mean, they 100% will have crossed the Dateline. So you've lost the day. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there you go. Like, if you're going from LA to Sydney, it's yeah. it, it's it, not loading. It's why they would have gone the Suez Canal way, really. Yeah. Suez Canal was the most straightforward way, but they had to they couldn't go the long way around. But imagine if a Somali pirate had nicked the Elimination Chamber. Oh. What a great pay-per-view that would have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just how, anyway, three, two, one. Kids, Kids love. love. Les Battersby <laughs> making his pro wrestling debut. There's someone I'd like to see steal an Elimination Chamber. <laughs> Les Battersby. This is exceptional work. Yeah. So if, if you don't know, especially if you're in the US, Les Battersby was a star of the UK's Coronation Street soap opera between 1997 and 2008. He's basically a hard man mm. and then he wasn't a hard man because he left to go on tour with ZZ Top. Mm. Um, That's the character. The character. The, the real man's Bruce Jones. Bruce Jones is yeah. the actor, yeah. So he, he came out to rocking all over the world by status quo. He had, he had a double denim on. LBWO, which is Les Battersby World Order. He formed a cohesive faction of that group and then the right way came out which is basically a, a big thing at the minute in pro wrestling is Tory factions which mm, is the conservative yes. party because they're a bunch of wankers but what you had is Thatcher Wright a dig well not a dig but a sort of tribute to Margaret Thatcher the ever controversial dead prime minister mm. um, so Les Battersby channel he's in a Von Eric and he mm. put the iron claw on Thatcher Wright and then kicked him and Les Battersby was so popular over with the crowd, he's coming back in May. So this was for Sovereign Pro Wrestling in Manchester. This show took place. It was Soft Pro uh, in Manchester on February the 18th, I want to say. Something like that. Yeah. And he's back for May the 6th for the next show, in which he'll be involved in, apparently, a Coronation Street fight. It also, if you want to watch his debut, it'll be on YouTube now. Yes, Ooh. you certainly can. Top marks to Shotty Horror and the team behind Soft Pro. Because in general, they put on really fantastic shows. The uh, bringing in of Bruce Jones. So I got to interview Shotty and Bruce about this. And it was basically Bruce Jones putting a message out there saying that like he was available for acting gigs and you could book him now. And Shotty just went, should we just ask if you'll do wrestling? And he went, yeah. So I don't know how they've got around the legal ramifications of him being, being a Les, Corey character. Yeah. I don't think they're as strict. It's not like... I don't think Corey will care. No, it's, it's not like, you know, Mark Calloway can't be The Undertaker anywhere else. Yeah. It's just it's Les Battersby. Because yeah. he was, they were very cautious to say, this is Les Battersby, not Bruce Jones. Les, all, all the advertising was Les Battersby. So Tom Mark is hard for bringing him in. But also, I don't know whether you heard it, but they, the, the, they, he's, he's, like I said, launched a cohesive faction in the LBWO. 
the Les Battersby World Order. Not only is their LBWO merch available, but they actually, for the purpose of a commercial for the merch, they actually made a remix of the Coronation Street theme, but in the style of the New World Order. Did they? I'm going to try, try and play a clip. So you, can, you can hear it in the back of the advert. The following announcement has been paid for as bad as be world order. Huh. Just weird, isn't it? Fair play, though. It's what you need in wrestling, though. You just need a bit of bollocks in indie wrestling. Like Blobby. Doing the full NWO thing yeah. with Les Battersby. Ah, Max Pack there. And he even gives it a little bit of... Um, he, he walks out at the start of this promo, even channels his inner Scott Hall. The first thing Les Battersby says at the wrestling ring is, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. <laughs> Brilliant. No notes. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Excellent work, Shai Horror and Soft Pro. And took down the Tories. Yes. He took down the Tories with the Iron Claw. <laughs> the Iron Claw. <laughs> of course he did. Fucking <laughs> Les Von Eric there. Les Von Eric. I mean, it's timely because of the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's good that. And it's a dead easy move that Les can do. He yeah. can do that quite easily. <laughs> Frog Splash next time, <laughs> Les. <laughs> 4.50 next. Go on, Les. Uh, one more, shall we do? Yeah. Three, two, one. Kids, Kids love. love. A WWE talent becoming a fan of Fulham Football Club. <gasps> So but that's that's owned, AW. Owned by Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan, what are you doing yeah. here? Because, <laughs> yeah, so this is Angelo Dawkins. Um, the Athletic did a long piece about WWE and football, Hadaj soccer, as they call it in the mm-hmm. America. Um, but it was a long piece. Vin Balor revealed he hates Jurgen Klopp. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to some respect, he's a controversial figure who dislikes mm-hmm. whinging. Mm-hmm. Whinging, man. Um, yeah, I said Atkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd do that. Um, I ain't scared. But um, yeah, so what it was is Finn Balor, of course, uh, we have a pyramid system in English football where you've got the four divisions. You've got the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two. Then you've got non-league, which is everything else. So you can get promoted, relegated, all that jazz. And Angelo Dawkins was fascinated by this during a chat with Finn Balor. And Finn Balor went, you can pick a team, but you can't pick a good one, essentially. He basically blocked, banned the top six from him. Mm-hmm, um, and so Andrew Dawkins went, eh, fuck it, I'll be, I'll be Fulham. And Tony Khan is the, di- in addition to his many, many jobs in AEW, is the director of football mm-hmm. for Fulham Football Club and a co-owner with Shahid Khan, his dad. So what we might see is Andrew Dawkins and Tony Khan having a, having a pie together on the terraces. Oh. Um, so genuinely, could, I wonder how that would go down. Yeah. If he, is, if he decides, you know what, actually, I'll go to a Fulham game. Yeah, because, I mean, Tony Khan probably would go, yeah, fuck it, you're a Fulham fan. You've paid your £40 or however much it is to be a <laughs> <Yeah>. ticket. <laughs> subs. Because, I mean, Tony Khan was there recently with Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy. It yeah. was last month. For, yeah. uh, for, it was, uh, they, they looked w- very bored. Yes, uh, Orange Cassidy looked especially non-kayfabe yeah, bored. Looked yeah. miserable, yeah. That was the day that Villa beat Fulham, and Villa mocked Fulham for this by showing the Prince Nana dance yeah. on the screen <laughs> to after up. the goal. Yeah, so they the, the tweeted it out, and it was... Um, oh, they tweeted it out. Yeah, it I print- thought they played it in the arena. 
I might have been wrong. No, the, the stadium. You're wrong. not going to get that no. for the away team, Tom. Well, Football's oh, horrible. Shit, yeah, of yeah. It, and it was um, it's Prince Anna doing his dance, but to up the villa. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it was like for, for, like that. It was very good. Yeah, yeah very good. Um, so in, but everyone was sort of like. A WWE guy supporting the AWT. Well, <laughs> it was like basically, and then it was like, yeah, Fairfax. Fair so, so Angelo Dawkins now sits down at a weekend to watch Fulham. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. Hopefully, he knows by now that football makes us all miserable, except for the <laughs> yeah, just, just to except watch for the it. brief moments of happiness. Life is so much better without football. No, just... that, that's rubbish, Fraser. <laughs> Your Sky Bill's cheaper for a start. That is true. But yeah. you, you do what I do, Tom, and you split it three <laughs> ways. You have a fire stick. <laughs> <have a> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get IPTV. Yeah. <laughs> he knows it. Yeah. So that is February. That's February. Lads, oh, yeah. in the pocket, out of sight. Uh, Fraser Porter, any other plugs? We just had a new Worst Shows of WrestleMania new, 9. Yeah, WrestleMania 9 Worst Shows is out on the channel. Uh, so that was... Uh, it's, it's bad WrestleMania, guys. It's a bad, bad WrestleMania. That it's was one in of the Caesar's worst. parking lot. It was indeed. It's one of the worst WrestleManias ever. Um, check out Over the Top Rope, the Royal Rumble documentary that went out at the start of February. Um, still trying to plug that and start get as many people watching that one. Yeah, they went out at the start of February. Fair enough. Um, and Revolution tonight. If you're listening to this on the day it goes out, Revolution, I'm going to beat Tom for the, the AW Colorholic Productions Championship because he's a fucking loser and, I and he deserves to lose. <laughs> and Pablo is still sitting atop the sign bridge and he'll remain there forevermore. I mean, I'd be very impressed if you got him to stay in one place because I've tried in a small house and he ain't having it. <laughs> Tom, the, the, the town is filled with sharks with freaking lasers on their freaking heads. Freaking lasers. And Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, is ready to batter him. I didn't take you seriously until you put Ken Shamrock on the other side. You He's monster. the world's most dangerous man. You are a monster. Join myself and Fraser Porter for Revolution live reactions uh, tonight. Uh, what happened at as well, following as well. Uh, nine pitches on the channel. Uh, for Revolution. I'm doing the Great North Run in September. So I've been doing Couch to 5K to get ready for it. Uh, I'm raising money for the Calm Zone, the campaign against living miserably. Uh, I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter if you'd like to support. Yeah. Very kind of you. Yeah. Uh, Aiden, anything you want to plug? Uh, we're on the road to WrestleMania, so stick to cultaholic.com. We're designing a new website currently, which is new for me because I can't draw. <laughs> 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 but, so we've, so we've, got, we've got a team in to design it, thankfully. Um, that'll hopefully be coming at some point in the next, we'll say, six months. These things yeah. take time, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll get a new one at some point. There'll be more exciting podcast stuff in March because the road to WrestleMania. Oh, yes. We've got some fun stuff coming up. Fun stuff coming. And mm-hmm. ju- just keep clicking because it keeps me employed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you read an article on coltholic.com or tweet, uh, 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 see an article on Twitter, just reply, thank you, Aiden. That's what we ask. He's at the Fraser Porter. He's at the Aiden Gibbons. I'm at Tom Campbell. Together we're at Coltholic on Twitter. We'll see you later, aggregator. Bye. Love you both. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Mm-hmm.